What, 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 what up? Oh, yeah, you're muted. <laughs> I can talk all I want. And you can't stop me. You can never stop me. You can never stop me. I can now because t- push to talk is turned on again. You can never stop me. I'm too powerful. I'm made of crystal. I got bones a thousand times bigger than anyone else's and denser. Very strong this is bones. This my favorite Kesha song. <laughs> Kesha's song, Very Strong Bones. You can't stop me. <laughs> crystal bones. <laughs> Welcome to the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad podcast episode fucking 41. Holy shit. Holy shit. A video games book club and select button guide and podcast. Every month we play a game either voted on by our listeners or handpicked by one of our intrepid explorers. Either way, you can participate by checking out the threads on selectbutton.net. Uh, and this time we played Ball Bullet Gun Survival Game Simulation. A Japan-only tactical game, kind of resembling XCOM, but with airsoft guns and knives. Uh, we'll be discussing it using the four standardized metrics for scoring a video game, which of course are vanity, gun, investigation, and revelation. I'm your esteemed host and incredible BB sniper, Vasilcania, and today I am joined by... Automatic Tiger. Bachelor. CEO of Batchersoft, maker of DDD and Natural Playboys, the greatest Mahjong game of all time. <laughs> I am no code. It's your guest host as a guest guest, Rudy. The damage tables of the supplement are ideal for determining the damage inflicted by low penetration weapons such as shrapnel and birdshot. They're the result of detailed computer modeling of the human <laughs> body. Examining them, you will find that when a bullet hits bone, a tulpa appears. <laughs> what the fuck? Were you doing a bit, or is your microphone broken? Nope, <laughs> oh, nope, the microphone's <laughs> nope, totally broken. Microphone's broken. It sounds like <laughs> the sound of hell. Truck, get out of the, get out of the computer. There's a truck coming for you. <laughs> can't hear your, your voice at all. I feel like well, I'm in a 1970s uh, science fiction serial. We'll continue the cast. Me and like me and Shrug will go to General Hangouts and figure this out. What if Shrug is stuck in like uh, being eaten by a robot snake? We're also joined by Shrug, who is having technical issues right now, so Rudy and Shrug are going to go figure that out while we continue doing this. Uh, I'm sure it'll be Anyway, fine. Uh, anyway. this accounts for the bone deflecting under the impact as the bullet both penetrates and deforms it. If the impact is straight enough, the bone will shatter under the load, and the bullet will continue. Where are you getting this, Tulpa? Uh, it's called Phoenix Command. Let's get on with the podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. So we played Ball Bullet Gun. If you didn't catch on, that's short for BB Gun. Uh, it's a strategy game released in 1995 in Japan only. Uh, you get to make a squad of soldiers who use nominally non-lethal guns to shoot each other into oblivion and move through a series of increasingly difficult missions against the AI. I think you can also play versus. Yeah, there's two-player mode. I didn't touch it. Uh, everything's dictated by action points. You've got ammunition. You have to reload. You've got fog of war. I guess that's like XCOM, and I haven't played it. Um, I haven't played XCOM. I played it's XCOM. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, this was developed by a company called Btop. Btop. B e t o p. I don't know. I guess they developed a game called Super Pachinko. Sounds great. Uh, it was published by IMAX, not the one you're thinking of, uh, who also did some shit, whatever. It was translated by the Eon Genesis Translation Project in October of 2004, which is how it was. Re- that was when it was released. So that's how we played it. We played it in English, unless anybody here played it in Japanese. I don't know why you would have done that. Um, but yeah, that's it. Yippee doo. I asked everybody to play an hour. Uh, about how long did you play and how far did you get? I played about an hour. I actually completed like four missions in it, which was more than I sort of expected. Um, yeah, uh, four missions, one hour. It it sure had a lot of BB guns. I played for about an hour, during which I only got two missions in because my D-pad keeps cutting out on my very legit Super Nintendo. I'm playing right now, but but hold on, hold on. BB gun means Ball bullet? Yeah. What? Like, the hell? It legit does. Yeah, the BB wow, stands I'm for glad, ball I'm glad bullet. I attended this. Now I know. <laughs> yeah, I had, I, when I was looking this game up, I just typed in ball bullet gun and I got a bunch of shit for BB guns. I'm like, oh, 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 I didn't know that. <laughs> I played this game for about an hour and a half, maybe two hours. Enough time to put together my glorious team of eight BB girls. And engage in some BB action, some ball, but ball, but never mind. Anyway, yeah, I did like four missions. Um, and this game is XCOM, but more boring and more cute. Yeah, so uh, I played this game for uh, some amount of time, and uh, I spent a lot of that trying to figure out how to make fast forward work on RetroArch because I'm real smart and real cool. Uh, and I was not going to sit here while uh, not doing anything for minutes at a time. But I think I played this enough. I won a couple missions. I know what this game is, you know. Uh, I think it's Tulpa's turn. I played this game for an hour as well, and also finished four missions, and I was disappointed by the ballistic modeling of these BB pellets, None of them glanced off a phone. I didn't even care about the angle of BB entry. There was no BB drop-off over distance. There was just a penalty to your accuracy. So unrealistic. Some of the penalties to your accuracy were if you were too close. That feels very realistic. All right. So I play this game for about two to three hours. I streamed it for two hours. Um, and then played another hour or so on my own. I also watched somebody uh, playing it on YouTube. Actually, I want to give a shout out to this dude. 
but I can't remember. It's like the SNES library or something. Hold on. Give me a sec. I want to find this guy because he has a huge collection. He's going seemingly alphabetically through every English game, uh, including the ones that have been fan translated. He's up to like C and he plays them very extensively. So give me a sec. A rutabaga, rutabaga, rutabaga. So I think it's it's important to note that the Lawnmower Man tabletop role playing game has a more realistic, mo- uh, a more realistic <laughs> ballistic model than this game does. It's it's go. You should go check out SNES Library. He's got 136 subscribers. Make that number go up. He's done 1,100 videos. It's it's so much, and he's very very charming. Anyway, he got pretty far in this game too. He beat it, so I got to see the last. Uh, a couple of missions which would looked tremendously difficult. So um, we'll, we'll go ahead and jump into our first category uh, for this game, which of course, as always, is vanity. It's, it's never been anything but vanity. Um, so this game is very, I, I feel like there are two sides to this game and they're in opposition and it's very interesting. It's, it reminds me of Advanced Wars in, the, in that way. So there's very cute little chibi characters running around and like little pew pew and oh, birds go over my head when I get shot too many times. Like very cute, like little cute military-esque music, kind of like a marching band only had four people in it. Like very cute. Um, And then there's extremely realistic looking guns and they are supposedly BB guns and they make all the sounds of BB guns. But, you know, when I finished like mission five, I got a desert eagle. It wasn't called like, you know, a sand beagle or something. It was just a fucking desert eagle. (laughs) And yeah, and I shot people with it. You also have knives. I don't know how you would simulate stabbing somebody in in such, you know what I mean? I don't know, it's weird. There's a lot going on. I have have answered several of those questions, but but I'm saving that for investigation. I mean, it talks about it right at the beginning that this is a survival game simulation and those are a thing in Japan. They're basically like, if... uh, uh, airsoft and paintball was really obsessed with like fidelity to real uh firearms and uh tactics and stuff okay that's kind of what i figured was there's like a scene of fake guns that look like real guns exactly and people who role play different things and that that's kind of what i was thinking but but to make it into yeah, this like cute yeah, LARPing. It's very cute, though. This whole game is very cute. So what did people think of the vanity, uh, the music, the sounds, the things that made you feel about your own mind of this game? Well, the first thing that struck me about uh, Ball Bullet Gun was the U in gun turning red and drooping downwards like a tongue. Ah, yes. It does kind of go blue. <laughs> it, uh, it, uh, it threw me for a second <laughs> <laughs> there it is yeah look at that big tongue yeah i want to say that the ui in this game well okay first i want to start with the intro to this game let me let me plug in a screenshot here Got a, there's already uh, a screenshot it's exactly so the same thing see this gorgeous screenshot shrug hey shrug It's just now a quiet buzz. A quiet buzz. It's oh. because. Oh, hey. 
Did the buzz get louder? No, no, no but we can hear you now. No, we can hear you now. We're all buzzing now. That's why I got okay. louder. Um, <laughs> it's so nice my laptop fan needs replacing, and uh, I think it decided to... Uh, my mic decided that that was part of its uh, input somehow. Text was, message! Was the buzzing from the laptop fan, no matter where I plugged in it in. Uh, okay, cool. Well, it sounds way, way better, so I'm super happy. Yay! Um, in I... conclusion, I'm Shrug. <laughs> I Shrug. And whenever you talk about the podcast. Whenever Tulpa starts reading uh, excerpts from uh, an extremely uh, overly complicated, seemingly borderline unplayable uh, TRPG combat system that's mostly ballistics math, uh, they pull the trigger of my love gun. (laughs) Wait, what are you going to do? That's where you insert a clip from Paul Stanley going, You pull the trigger on my love gun, baby! I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't need to now. You're a tough guy? Tough guy with your, with your laser pointer? Yeah. Look at him. Real cool guy. This is a reference to a video you haven't seen. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Uh, uh, Shrug, I didn't give you a chance to, because you sounded like you were in the, the bowels of hell. Uh, tell us how uh, how long you played and how far you got in this game. I can't remember how far I played the first time. It was a bit. I also watched you play a bit. I also read a bunch of very poorly written white guy in Japan. Please pay me $10 uh, news blog posts about uh, airsoft survival games in Japan. Uh, And that's... Were you reading the Japan Times article, or was it the one that's on a blog that uh, seems like it had Gaijin in the name? I read the Japan Times article, (laughs) one on a blog. That's right, and it's time to center me, the vainest one on the cast. (laughs) Uh, I did things, and I'm talking about them. That's right, I read some words. There's nothing to say about the words I read right now, but I did it, and thank you for listening to me say that I did it. Well, I appreciated that. All right. (laughs) Nice. All right. Um, Okay. So, yeah, we're talking about vanity. We're talking about the intro screen. uh, It is very Advanced Wars, in fact, or I guess it would have been uh, uh, Famicom Wars at that point because it was around. But, you know, it's like got this little guy marching along with his gun and his blue helmet and his little backpack and, like, these big caricatures of guns and knives and people, like, flying across the screen. Grenades? Grenades? Yeah, fuck yeah. Those are bullet shells, but they could be cigarettes. Who knows? Um, and it's very cute. And then he shoots the viewer like he's James Bond, except in like full tactical gear. Um, it's a lot of fun. It very much sets the tone for the rest of the game. But then you get it's oh, not ahead. so much a James Bond like classy shoot the camera as it is a kneel down and spray at the camera <laughs> for a solid five and a half seconds. Usually, I have to watch one of Ashley's videos to see someone kneel down and spray at the camera. <laughs> I I really like how that's 
the person doing the running and the spraying has like these big muzzle flashes coming out of their their gun like it's an actual firearm really centering them in the fantasy of shooting people to death but then he's shown having little plastic bb shot at him and then right after the u and gun turns red and droops down like a tongue yeah, it's just like bull. the BB gun logo does look kind of like a face. Mm. Thank yeah. you, Paradolia. I think so too. Actually, I think it looked kind of like a face too. Yeah, now that you say it, I can kind of see it. It's and a, then the it's more you look at it, the more like uh, a face it looks. Until it's all you can see. Oh except, yeah, that's real face. Except like I also. Am, if if you're looking at a B and a B at the top, and then gun under the middle with the U being the tongue, the B and the B have like two eyes apiece, so it's starting to look very insecty to me, like with lots of eyes. It's mm-hmm. anyway, and the, and the and the dots next to the B's are teardrops. Oh, it's crying because it hates war. <laughs> it hates war. It's not it what I got simulating out of war. So is this game written by Tamino? Oh, obviously. This is definitely... I mean, this game has as coherent a plot as any Tomino game. There's not enough slapping. (laughs) Oh, that's... Well, you could slap people with a knife. (laughs) Maybe. Wait, can Uh, you unequip a knife and and slap? Has anyone tried that? You can equip a knife and stab. No, no, it's slapping. That must be a translation error. Hitting with a gun is stabbing. Or hitting with a knife is stabbing. I bet there's a slappers only mode. I bet odd jobs (laughs) hidden in this. Uh, It has to be slapping because you can't possibly be actually murdering people, and you're not because everyone's alive at the end of a match. Well, I'm pretty sure that we're looking at at like retractable knives. I think if we're if we're in the fantasy of so this is a double fantasy if we're if we're doing this, it's the fantasy of playing a fantasy of war. So let's just. Let's just say that now. Um, I want to say that the... Yeah, I was about to post the losing screen. <laughs> the The UI in this game is really stylish. They they pick a few colors. So there's like a dark, dark teal blue kind of color. You've got yellow and orange and a couple of reds here and, and greens. So like just some very basic colors, but it's all very classy in it. I don't even know what to just to, to like compare it to. It kind of reminds me of Alien. I don't know. The like, typography what? is just great. Like it's yeah. really solid typography, kind of like a prototypically uh, Metal Gear Solid esque typography. Yeah. Can someone give me a screenshot of the of the translation just so I can compare so we can compare fonts? Oh, hold on. I just picked a random one with fonts. The default the text. default like full width font isn't very good. Yeah. So, yeah, there we go. So what um, I noticed there is like on the on the normal combat screen, just like where you're where you're doing an SRPG stuff, um the bottom set of uh of text and stats is in is in Super Nintendo high res mode, which was really strange. I was like, whoa, that's weird. Like the, the top hat was like blurry, but the, the bottom text was extremely sharp. 
Interesting. I always forget that there's a high-res mode. <laughs> um, but yeah, like... And I, and I know there's some there's some tiny history... Sorry to cut you off. There's some kind of history of of some parts of the screen using high-res mode while the others is just in low-res. Yeah, I know that there's a history with that, but uh, I, I'm not... I, I, I am the host of this podcast, and I don't know shit about shit, it turns out. <laughs> Sorry, I'm posting screenshots. But yeah, like I think saying, yeah, they, they really focused on typography and fonts and things like that. And even in like most of the really good stuff is not part of the English translation. Like a, a ton of this game is in English. Um, and then the all just the important stuff is in Japanese. So um, yeah, like they did a really good job designing that. It's really easy to use. I don't know, just the menus were really impressive for a game that's going to be like you know, 50% menuing, like it's a very good looking intuitive menu system. Um, You also get to create your characters, uh, which is a lot of fun because they um, like, there's different classes of characters you can have. And each of them have like three different characters to go with that with different sprites and everything and different names. So they're like pre-existing characters, but you could change them. And like, I don't know, I really enjoyed that too. It's just cute. Everything about this game is very fucking cute. When are we going to talk about your teams? Yeah, my team's should... name was Ruby's Fine Balls. <laughs> <laughs> I named my team Team Gutsy, and then I just picked a bunch of default characters. So they're not very fun, but I picked the ones I thought had the best names. I have Bernie on my team and Leaf, but L E A F, like just a leaf. Weird. I also S- have Bernie and Leaf. Sellies. And Shala are auto-generated names. I have to assume that's an Aeon Genesis thing, right? Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, yeah I would yeah, assume that's an a translation. That makes the Bernie even better. Uh, Bernie's totally in there. Owned. Totally, totally. Oh in there. shit! Yeah, I used all default. My team. No, no, no. I mean, so- it's not part of the uh, translation. Those are totally what the names are in the Nihongo. Oh, oh shit! Oh really? That rolls. Well, my team name was somehow auto-generated too. It's it's team only fans, <laughs> which is really interesting because earlier today I started <laughs> up um, onlyfans.com/slash/bachelorsoft, where you can go and pay six dollars a month to get the hottest content from the hottest stud in game development. Um, sign up now. And I also had Ro Rouge. Talos, Candy, Betty, JJ, no Jeff, Milky, Kylie, and Shala, who I do believe is from Chrono Trigger, right? Mm-hmm. Very important in Chrono so. Trigger. And I, Chrono Cross. That's the only reason I know her name. And Chrono Cross. And Chrono Cross, a game I have not completed or even gotten past the first three hours. Kenya, you're going to come over. You're going to come over and we're going to play Chrono Cross right after this podcast. Gorgeous, beautiful. I'm buying the tickets. Okay. We're doing it. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. I'll be there soon. Shrug, tell us who your what your team's names are. I was Team Zero Rangers because everyone should listen to infrequently updated podcasts. No Rangers are allowed. And also, there's a game called called called, called Zero Ranger. So I, I mix them. 
I'm very clever and please acknowledge this. Thank you. It is and I named all of my, everyone in my team after characters from the game, except the leader who I named Tulpa because Tulpa created the magical world in which we all adventure without guns. The yes. air you breathe, I put it there. <laughs> the fantasy <laughs> air you breathe, I fantasy put it there. It could go away at any second. I call... Is my uh, push to talk better? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Great, thanks. I didn't realize you could adjust the cutoff. Thanks, Bachelor, because I just... Yeah, I... yeah, this is amazing. This is so much better. I, this... I know a lot about uh, the cutoff. God damn it. You live the cutoffs lifestyle. I, I, I'm going to confess, I'm the Silent Hill wiki editor. <laughs> okay, all right. Ball, bullet, gun. Um, Ball, bullet, gun. I, also, I this, got something to say. This means that I have a Bernie on my team, but it wasn't the default Bernie. It was a custom Bernie. That's pretty good, what actually. Fascinating fact that the world needed to know, and you're welcome. I did it. I did it. I'm never letting go of this button. <laughs> there seemed to be a six button limit on names for the for the English dub. So, um, the the Japanese, I think the Japanese has it as burning. So that's burning. Cool. Burning. Burning. Great. Burning. Wow. The funny thing is that. B U R N I. There is a seven. There's at least seven characters. Because uh, look at Tigresses, Clyburn, Cleburne, whatever. That's seven. Oh, yeah. I see the burning at the bottom there. Anyways, what I wanted to say is uh, on vanity, the topic that we're in right now <laughs> um, <laughs> is uh, I like being able to see all the stats. Like I like like as opposed to a lot of these a lot of strategy RPGs, it, actually showing you theoretically all the math that it's doing at any given time is uh, new and sort of overt in a way I wouldn't expect a quote-unquote survival game, which I guess it's supposed to be war with all the factors known is the sort of the idea of a survival game. So that's what this is. It, it lets you know the math at any given time. Yeah, that's a really good point. If you can see an enemy too, you can see like everything about them, I think. You can see their hit points and their weapon and everything and again this is all laid out very intuitively so like when you go to shoot somebody it shows you not like 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 rudy said it doesn't just show you 45 percent chance to hit it says your the range is an a and the ground they're standing on is a c and the obstacles are a d or whatever and you multiply all that together and you get this and you know like it's very interesting i was surprised how much information was on the screen at any given time especially considering this is a Super Nintendo game. Um, the menus are also very flat, which is my way of saying you don't have to hit buttons too many times to get to all of the options. Um, so that's very nice as well. Uh, it is kind of nightmarish if you are in close range and you're picking someone off with uh, with a sidearm uh, and you have to constantly go back into the menu over and over to keep shooting. This is true. It's also a tactic I relied upon a lot. And I Save really that for gun. Yeah, I was gonna say I really yeah. want to hear everybody's tactics and gun because, like, I think that 
we did very different things. Because yeah, but for stabbing too, you have to go in and go, you know, pick the knife and pick the direction and hit the button to stab and he uses one AP and you're like, I have six AP left, so I'm just gonna keep fucking doing this. It does take forever to do that. It's the game communicating to you that you should really think about it every time you stab a person. <laughs> I anyway. excuse me. I uh do find People were talking earlier about the sort of cute, chippy aesthetics of it and how charming it is. I do find that Love it. the uh, surprising level of fidelity that they brought to their uh, the very specific real-world gun models that they used is feels slightly at odds with uh, the aesthetic of the rest of the game. Which and I understand that is part of uh, the the airsoft survival game culture is that they they collect make and collect extremely detailed replicas of real world weapons. So I know why it's there. It's just a little weird to see a CZ seventy five B and assign it to my little chibi girl to tote around. To I mean, people. I mean, that's really, really, really accurate to a particular type of, like, artist, like, a a particular kind of fan in Japan. You will see a lot of things with very cutesy, abstract anime girls holding just absurdly detailed weapons, especially... It's Moe, right? It's it's like like, uh, those... uh... (laughs) numerous uh, anime where like world war two battleships are anime girls now. Yeah. It's like any, this, I guess this crops up, so crops up a lot with any kind of uh, like hardware stuff uh, over yonder. You know, there obviously America has its own like military fetishes and hardware fetishes and et cetera stuff. But in Japan, there's this, kind of unique confluence of uh, hardware fetishism and I don't know, we'll add it to some anime shit and the aesthetics of the two uh, clash to me but I'm some American, so what what do I know? I think it's kind of charming in this context a little bit in this I, game specifically, it doesn't feel as gross to me as it gets in other instances of this, but we'll get into that investigation. Mostly because, like, this is supposed to be fake. It's supposed to be BB guns, which is yeah. like another, you know, whole fucking ballpark in itself. <laughs> ballpark puns. <laughs> Bullet ballpark. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, it, it, it doesn't yeah the cognitive dissonance of 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 like the little the little baby looking characters shooting the shit out of each other is much less uh, uh grotesque i mean even advanced wars is extremely grotesque when you start thinking about like oh everyone's happy having a good time blowing them each other into fucking space like it's terrifying <laughs> there's a a note in the walkthrough that says excuse me like is the Beretta 92 and the CZ 75 like, are they the same weapon? It's like, yep. Um, other than aesthetically. So they they include this two items that are mechanically the exact same uh, weapon. They do the exact same thing. Uh, 
and that's kind of realistic as far as these things go because they're both, you know, they'd both be shooting BBs, or if they are real, they'd both be shooting the same round, you know, with the same capacity or whatever. Uh, but they're included in this game basically so that the only reason I could see is that, hey, we want to include two different guns in case you are like a fan of a, partic a particular one of these guns. And you would prefer one over the other. This lends a whole new level of depth to what I was doing that I didn't understand. This is a fan's game. A, fa a, ga a fan's game of survival game, survival simulation, survival bull bullet gun. Um, <laughs> I, I you think... might say it's for only fans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> only Onlyfans.com slash passion. Um, I think that the the other thing that that contributes to this air of like cutesiness is is the music is very like bouncy, enjoyable. It's forgettable, um, but it's like it's not. It's it's. I think it's what it's supposed to be. You're going to be listening to the same musical cues like for fairly long periods of time, especially if you're not like us and using fast forward on our um, overclock Super Nintendos. Um, so it's nice that the music isn't intrusive, uh, but that it's you know. It's good enough. It gets the job done and it, it kind of, you know, you just kind of play along with it. So I don't know. Does anybody else have a take on the music? I've immediately forgotten all of the music. In yeah, this I game. remember none I of it. I don't know what it sounds like. There's shit like that. <laughs> uh, please, when you edit this episode, layer in the actual music on, under your humming. Oh, yeah, it's going to sound exactly the same. Like even, super clear. even if uh, you got every single detail of your humming, Ron, it needs to be layered together to be the perfect background music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be good. Oh my god, Rudy, have you been muted this whole time? <laughs> oh no! Yeah, oh I shit. Think, I, think that's, I think Rudy's been trying to interject and be like, why do these assholes keep talking over me? I have so many things I've said. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so... Just do all of them a monologue. Yeah, give okay, us a Rudy um, monologue. Rudy log. Yes, yes. Uh, there's quite a bit of stuff I wanted to say. I want to save into investigation regarding RE, this connection to a real subculture. Um, the Moe factor, Moe factor isn't really that strong around this time. Um, this is almost definitely entirely like... Uh, nerds making this game and playing survival games um we'll get into that later uh let's see here uh the music is very cute um and it is a well-presented game and it's clean and you can see everything you need to see uh so as far as vanity it gets uh uh five cans on a stage well, that's a short rudy log i liked it yeah the cans are fun yeah, we can mm. always use more. I'm it was personally... very unclear to me what I was supposed to do in the cans stage, so I just shot all the other team instead. You gotta shoot the cans. If you ever need help handling some cans, just call me and I'll show you what to do. It's just trying to be like one of those uh, uh, Bachelor videos where there's just someone kneeling and spraying at the camera. 
Oh, God. <laughs> perhaps, and perhaps you spend $6 on OnlyFans.com slash Batrasoft, you'll find the answer to that question. Does this have anything to do with that foot system they were advertising at the beginning of this game? Oh, boy. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> I think... Wait, that's the most important vanity of all. It's the... footstep system. Do we know what the footstep system is? Does anyone know? I think I have a guess, but I'm saving it for gun. Okay. I was hoping it would be their THX. Their IMAX. IMAX is IMAX. IMAX is IMAX. You See, wanted to I talk almost... about... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Tigris. Oh, I was just making a stupid joke about how, like, I kind of read IMAX as LAMAX. <laughs> <laughs> it could be, because the rest of it is in lowercase, except the M. Wasn't the, our live episode an IMATS game? Oh, fuck. I don't know. Was it? I, Maybe. <laughs> I, I, Lamax is the exact uh, brand of pantyhose I wear. <laughs> oh, wait. No. Street Racer was a Euro Change game, wasn't it? Uh, it, no. it was Infogrames or Ubisoft. Or, it was it, racist. It was, definitely, it was definitely European. Not Whatever it is. It was Ubisoft, Ubisoft it, wasn't it? It was like yeah, one of it was Ubisoft's Ubisoft. first published games. Uh, anyway, uh, a lot of the Kusage fighting games in our uh, live meetup tournament were IMAX games. I remember that much. Very interesting. Okay, you wanted to talk about the menu sounds, Mara. Menu sounds. Menu sounds. Um, I love good menu design, especially punchy, um, like good sounding menu design um and this game kind of nails it uh with it like every time you switch like in the middle of battle every time you open a menu and like move your cursor anywhere or press anything it's like a hammer cocking and it's just uh it, it makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up it's like really good this game is like, I don't think that this game is good, but it was really enjoyable for me to play just because the menus were so well put together. Like, aesthetically, like, uh, audibly, like, all of it. Like, it was, they were really easy to read. They were nice to look at. They were good to listen to. It's just, yeah, I don't know. I think it's this game's, like, best feature by far. Uh, yeah, I, I do think that, like, uh, the... Uh, they had one person on the team who was really into making solid menu design and UI design. It feels like, yeah, a passion project, you know? Like, um, it's it's interesting in that way that somebody really, really cared. <laughs> the menus in, in the actual, um, like, maps seem like they're a tiny bit higher pixel resolution than the rest of the game, too. I don't know if that's a thing. Uh, we were uh, Rudy was talking about that earlier that uh, it was using the uh, SNES high res mode uh, for some of the part some parts of the game. I love it. It's like so janky. Sorry, Rudy. I was <laughs> getting wine. <laughs> oh, I think you're muted again, Rudy. No, no, I'm not. Okay. Okay. Cool. I just yeah. No, I was, right. I, I'm. I'm. My, my producer brain is just going. Go to gun. Go to gun. Go to gun. I know We're you done. are. We're done. I, We're done. We're done here. <laughs> All right. I think everybody can agree that the vanity of this game is very slightly confusing. 
but mostly appreciated. Um, so let's let's move on to the, maybe the most topical this topic has ever been, uh, which is of course gun. <laughs> Oh, wait, I mean... <laughs> None of these guns are real. Game is uh, shit. <laughs> Zero out of 17 guns. None of no, my murderers what, what, what do you mean these games aren't real? What do you mean these guns aren't real? These are guns you can actually buy. You can buy them. They're yeah. simulations the of guns. No, they're not. They're physical <laughs> objects. They're actual <laughs> objects that you can buy. These are simulations of real objects, which are simulations of other real objects. They are simulacra of guns. Dear Christ, is is that... Why can't I remember that goddamn philosopher's name and therefore ruin my joke? Ah, oh my Baudrillard. God. Baudrillard, yeah. Well, there we go, Baudrillard. That was my joke. Baudrillard a nightmare. Now, they are right, the signifier of a gun without the sign of bloodshed. This is war neutered of all of its uh, potency and meaning. Oh, this, oh you, uh, don't, you don't believe a actually... BB can can break blood? I got scars. This game is actually uh... a Gulf War documentary. <laughs> actually, I think the mechanics of the game... Uh ludically reinforced the idea that some plastic BBs can, in fact, break skin and draw blood. Uh, because every weapon has a sort of range uh, grid, and with the main weapons, the more powerful weapons, the non-sidearm weapons, there is both a maximum and minimum range. If you are too close to somebody, you are forced to use your sidearm, which confused me at first. But then I thought for more than five seconds, which I very rarely do, but I did it this time. And I realized that this is probably simulating the fact that the longer guns, the larger guns. The very big and powerful guns are higher FPS, and so in many situations, especially perhaps Fire back in the Wild West of the 90s, uh, when things weren't as regulated as tightly, uh, probably in a lot of places they had rules against shooting people at point-blank range with like your replica rifle, so you had to use a pistol or stab them with a plastic knife. This is all I have to contribute to this section. I got it out of the way. It's done. That actually uh, makes a lot of sense. That uh, it would be go uh, to patreon.com slash back. <laughs> so it's that, actually a very uh, realistic interpretation of survival game. Tulpa. Yeah. Yeah. Let, yeah. Okay. Oh, I'd like to make a couple notes, especially about how uh, its action point model works. Like, when I initially saw this game, I sort of thought it was like a lot of um, non-isometric tactical games. I kind of thought it was just going to be a straight-up Fire Emblem clone. Uh, it is not a Fire Emblem clone. It is, in fact, much closer to XCOM. 
you every character has a series of action points that they spend on each of their actions, right? Like mo- movement takes an action and shooting takes an action. Um, and you can actually just like move, take a look, move, take a look. In fact, mechanically, it is the smartest action to only take one step at a time because you get no penalty for doing that and a lot of advantages. So I want to set up a little bit of a, a framework so you can really picture what this game looks like. So we've told you what it looks like, but the actual like play of this is pretty small scale, especially at first. So we're looking at, uh, you get to select a squad of, I think my maximum at one point was five. Uh, it, at the lowest, it was two. And it's you versus a c- computer squad, and you, you duel it out. Um, it's pretty slow, uh, like Tiger said, it actually makes the most sense to do one step at a time because there's no penalty for that. There's penalties for turning in place, which is interesting. Like you lose one AP for that, but there's no penalty for moving one step versus two steps. Um, the So you're, you're doing a lot of searching in fog of war. The biggest question is always, where the hell is the enemy? You just can't see them. And so you're doing a lot of searching, you're doing a lot of scouting, you're doing a lot of sighting, spotting, things like that. Um, You're also worrying about cover. There's different varying levels of cover. There's varying levels of terrain, which take up more AP to move over in some cases. Um, And you're fighting in places like fields with rivers. You're fighting in office buildings. You're fighting in a skull-littered sewer like you do. Um, (laughs) And you do even have various types of uh, goals. So sometimes your goal, and most of the time it's just deathmatch or something similar to that. But sometimes it's just survive uh, for a certain amount of turns. Sometimes it's make sure the enemy doesn't get to a certain point so they're going to be more aggressive. Sometimes it's you got to shoot their cans before your cans get shot or just take them all out. Um, So yeah, it's it's actually pretty varied. Um, turns typically consist of you can you can pick any of your units at any time. So you might have a scout move out, take a peek around a corner. Then you have your sniper do a shot, and then your scout goes back into cover. So you're not taking turns sequentially. You can do them at, in any order you want. Um, yeah, I don't know that. I think that gives a pretty good picture of of the game that we've been playing. Um, any other like big picture stuff we want to add to that? So uh, the way that it appears like on the outside is if you've ever played like a Japanese TRPG from like the SNES or like Genesis, like vintage, like a grid based one, it looks almost exactly like that. But then when you actually like get down to the way that the game works, it's XCOM, but less granular. So it looked really familiar to me when I opened it up because I've been playing a lot of like tactical RPGs with Haley or whatever. Um, but like when I, it took me a while to figure out that like, Oh no, you need to approach this game completely different than you differently than you would approach those other games, like taking it slow. There's no penalty for that for like a reason. They're trying to encourage you to be careful and like check your shoulders all the time. Right. See, I just loved rushing and shooting people uh, blithely, and that that seemed fine. I loved the first running into people that I didn't know were there, and then not being able to do anything about it because I didn't have <laughs> Rambo knife on me. I uh, don't. I don't know if it was said totally explicitly that every character has a view cone, including yours. 
And in order to see what's going on on a given section of the map, you have to have a character with a view cone that is covering that section of the map. So you're facing and the cover that is between you and a given section is very important. Uh, if you, if everyone's facing away from the other side of the map, you could get snuck up on and ventilated. Um, so the game sort of becomes like, and it's the safest way to play really is, uh, creep forward, always make sure you're behind cover because you want them to expose themselves to you before you expose yourself to them. Cover, yeah, that's actually um, cover like obscures your vision enough that I didn't find that staying behind cover was really all that useful. I found it more useful to just like stay in a group and make sure that your like your group is has like three hundred and sixty degree sight. Oh, 360 degree sight's essential, but I found that I didn't have any reason to keep my uh, people in a group. I just wanted to have as much coverage as possible of, like, my field of vision. And, uh, like, on your turn, if someone is within or on enemy turns, it should be noted, you do not see them moving around on the map. You just get, like, a little abstract display with, like, reports from your team members telling you stuff like, uh, oh, I didn't contact any enemies. I think an enemy might might be near me, so on and so forth. I feel like there's someone nearby. Yeah. Uh, I find those sequences incredibly cute. When when they say that there's an enemy, uh, they feel like an enemy's nearby, that means you can just uh, turn in place to spot them. Which, oh, which it's I found really incredibly useful. Oh, I never quite caught on to that. See, okay, I, I want to talk about the enemy turns because they're very cute the first time. Like, so <clears throat> you set up, it basically sets you up so that you can't see the map, you can't do anything but watch on the enemy turns as, as all of the uh, opponents take their turns. And um, the it, it kind of looks they like... They play it out on a little stage. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's exactly what I wanted to say is like it's it's a little stage and the stages are themed like the one like the map you're on. So it'll have little skulls on it when you're in the dungeon or like little bushes and trees. It's very cute. The downside of this is for somebody like me, um, when I am watching my characters on the right side and their characters on the left side and my character says, huh, I think I just heard something. And then a further minute and a half passes before I can do anything. I forget what character said that and what they said. <laughs> um, so there, and, and it just makes the, the enemy turns feel very slow. I wish there was a little bit more to see or something, or if it just fucking happened instantly. I don't know anything, but making me wait for upwards of two minutes, it felt like at times um, was bad. I think like, the, um, the, the way that they handle the enemy turns is supposed to be part of the simulation. Like you can't, just watch them oh well, yeah. yeah we um we moved a little bit past this but i wanted to uh make special mention like on uh on the uh what's it called d office map that i was trying to make a counter-strike joke there what i can't remember what the office map is called um <laughs> that the the way the the best way to play the game was to like 
creep forward and keep checking your corners because as you move, you cannot see the enemy. It's only when you stop moving that you can see the enemy. So you can actually walk past an enemy without knowing it, which is which is like a really cool uh, game design concept, but uh, in actual practice, that's like a really boring and tedious way to play. So uh, it 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 is. It's a really cool idea, just it doesn't really work in terms of me having fun with a video game. I never felt the need to crawl forward at any point in the game. I mean, I only played four missions, but uh, uh, I felt pretty safe just running to somewhere that I already had in my sight lines and then just looking around from there. That felt like a... It felt worthwhile for me to turn in place and spend my action points that way than it than to just like walk one step at a time. See, and I think this is where tactics are really interesting. So what I found to be an extremely useful tactic very quickly was to take, so there's different character classes. There's your leader, who's like sort of your all-around best character. There's defenders, there's attackers, there's snipers. There's the ones that are called scout. It's called something, but they're basically scouts. Task force. Task force. Uh, and then there's probably something else. I don't remember. They all have little special abilities, but, um, they all, everybody has the opportunity to do a search. So a search is when you stand in place and it look better. You look farther and it expands your vision cone up to three squares. So what I was doing was I would move my little task force person out of cover and look in the direction I wanted to see. Use another action point, so a total of two action points out of, like, 15 for them or something ridiculous, um, to look, like, nine squares out, so a huge vision cone. And then I would have somebody else much farther ahead in the field, like my defender with a big shotgun or my attackers with their, you know, rifles, uh, take a bunch of shots from cover, usually, or they would just pop out of cover briefly and then go back in cover. And then everybody would go back and cover before the end of the turn. So that was a very different tactic because whenever I ran out in front, I would just die. But I also didn't creep because I found it extremely tedious. So I liked to take these little pops out of cover, see what I can see, maybe guess at where they might be, and then go back into cover. I don't have good visibility in cover, but I can figure it out next turn. So I don't know. That was my tactic. My Pet ant alert. Pet ant alert. <laughs> Pet ant alert. Defenders have assault rifles. Attackers have shotguns. Carry on. Oh, ah. shit. Okay. Uh, you should swap all the weapons around uh, for the most part. So, you know, I don't even know which class had which weapon. I just used a lot of those, um, uh, those, uh, uh, the stout ones. I can't remember what they're called anymore. Task Force. <laughs> I used so a lot of How many people force. did. Just because they had tons of action points, which is the most viable, valuable resource in this genre of game. You, uh, the weight of your weapons affects how many AP you have. So it's a balance when you choose your weapons between how many, you know, deadly bullets you can carry and uh, not deadly completely uh, safe to use bullets how many completely safe unless you're not wearing <laughs> eye protection bullets you can carry and a bullet point on the wikipedia how article you can move <laughs> yeah this is most cleanly expressed in the difference between like compact pistols and full-size service pistols 
one ways, three, another ways, four. Take the four, and it'll cost one more AP point. <gasps> so so um, how much did people uh, bother with that played this game a little longer than, than, than I did? Like, how much did you bother with, with strategy RPG? And this is, like, the most tedious part of strategy RPGs for me, of, like, re-equipping everyone because you unlock guns and, and, like, grinding for better stats and all, all this sort of tedium that immediately, like, turns me off of the genre. I know Ke- Vasilkenia plays a lot of Disgaea, so I'd like to hear how you felt about that. Oh, yeah, I mean, this game is, like, the opposite of Disgaea. Like, like it, it's so slow in, in that kind of stuff, and this numbers are so small that I don't particularly care, except when I get a new weapon, I'm going to go throw that on somebody's into somebody's inventory if it's better. Um, but I guess, like, so you can get different levels of, like, a metal for every mission, and apparently, I never experienced this, but apparently if you get a gold medal, it will increase the stats of one of your characters, and... Oh, and, more than one. Oh, interesting. Not always more than one. Sometimes it is just one. It's random. Usually it's just evade. So I didn't even experience that at all. So you could totally try and grind out, like, the additional stats for, for that. Well, it's not grinding, though. It's like you're trying to complete the mission as, as best you possibly can. You can't level up in this game. You only There's only so many rewards you can get from a single mission. So I don't know. Okay, so if you repeat missions, you don't get more reward. Right. If you got a gold medal, you have everything that you can get from that mission. Um, oh, also, enemy troops, enemies can join your uh, troop at some point, by the way. Uh, and by the end of the game, I want to say that he had uh, 12 people instead of the eight you're allowed to initially create. So he had like four people join. It's kind of interesting. So how many missions are there total? 40 something. No, no, it's eight missions per difficulty level, so it's 24. No, no, there's more than that. I I posted that playlist of the guy playing it, and I I think it was 40. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm going to go look at it right now. Because the walkthrough only mentions 24 missions. Maybe it was only 24. Maybe I'm I'm a doofus. I didn't find the formation screen stuff in this game to be too intrusive. Uh, I definitely re-outfitted everybody before every mission. And one thing that's good about how they do it in this game is that you outfit right before you go into like a mission, so you know what you're outfitting for. And at least as far as I played, I never used any more than four people, and every unit has two pieces of equipment so it was really really easy to just like keep all that shit locked in my excuse my language keep all that stuff locked in my head um, hey, shit. fuck ass <laughs> gay, gay 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 Duty. gay anuses <laughs> yay girls uh, <laughs> <laughs> now it's shock rock <laughs> Thanks, Bachelor. Well, he... <laughs> anyway, I um like I play a ton of these games, and this was like it was no probalo for me. I also re-outfitted, a, even though I only played one hour. I still re-outfitted in between each mission, just because I'd be awarded a new gun because uh, you know I, I got a gold medal or whatever, and. Uh, I'd uh, then like evaluate whether that new gun is worth replacing one of my previous guns. 
when I got that Desert Eagle from the first mission, I most certainly uh, equipped myself, my character named Mara, <laughs> with the Desert Eagle and a Rambo knife and instantly became the most effective character in the game. <laughs> yeah, it's worth noting that um, every BB does the same amount of damage. So, um, oh, uh, you were right, Tulpa. There's only 24 missions. I'm a doofus. Um, the every Pizza. BB, every 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 BB does. God damn it! <laughs> um. Anyway, it's a great game. <laughs> no, I don't know. It was... <laughs> so I I do want to interject with regards to John that uh, more so than XCOM, this is a lot like a very simplified Jagged Alliance too. Uh, like the action point system is a lot closer to Jagged Alliance style, which which if you all are familiar with Fallout, it's basically that style, but uh, more nuanced in uh, Jagged Alliance. Like uh, the the first two Fallout's, not the Bethesda Fallout. Oh yeah, 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 the real ones. <laughs> Ouch. I mean, but you're right. The primary difference in this game. Uh, as opposed to like other Japanese tactical RPGs, is that you can only see in the direction that you're facing, and that kind of dictates your entire strategy. Yeah, and that is uh, true of both XCOM and the Jagged Alliance games. That uh, you have to work with line of sight a lot. Like that, uh, it, it does define like how you strategically approach everything. One of the things I actually do not care for with uh, the new XCOM games is that they dropped a uh, line of sight down to basically like a footnote. Yeah, line of sight is deeply important in this game. Can we talk about fucking shooting cans and how goddamn difficult that is? <laughs> I think it's really weird that it's so hard to hit a can with a knife. Twenty one percent. Yeah, because I was about to say, hitting a can with a gun is hard, though. Like, that's not necessarily easy. But a knife, yeah. Yeah. Hitting a can with a knife is not 21% hard. Uh... (laughs) Got any people tonight that are What kind of of range are you engaging with these cans over? Point blank. I even know. I used to shoot cans with my BB gun a lot when I was a kid. I guess that wasn't in the 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 desperate heat of airsoft combat, so it's a whole different thing. Be different. I was staring down the barrels of many ball bullet guns, thirsting for my delicious blood. My life experience just isn't applicable. <laughs> they call the grenades pineapples. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. totally a thing. Yeah. That the five five sixers pineapples. That's just like what they're literally called. That was the slang for the Mark whatever the hell fragmentation grenade, because the of the scores on the side before they realized that having the sides score didn't actually make it fragment like that, so they stopped doing that and came out with a different model of hand grenade. I'm just so wondering, fun. like, what the mechanics are of a non-lethal hand grenade in this context. 
confetti. Well, in this context, it's just that you're throwing it, and if it hits someone, I guess they're out. I don't quite know the rules. Of confetti. So you throw a pineapple at somebody? No, no, it's a plastic. It's a plastic grenade. It, it looks like a. It looks like a. I'm gonna hack this yeah. game and put pineapples in it. I think there are. There are. I don't know what the state of them were in the '90s, but I I have seen. Uh, devices that are like grenade roughly grenade shaped and you throw them and when they land they blow out a bunch of bbs as if it was fragmentation grenade. i said confetti they probably aren't actually confetti but essentially yes uh you are throwing a thing that explodes with bbs i just looked this up apparently there are models available today that are Little plastic fi- things filled with BBs with an actual fucking little firecracker inside of them. Oh, that's not okay. Dang. <laughs> Gotta pick those up for my next gender reveal party. <laughs> you're going, you're, are you are you revealing your, your next gender shot? You're going down, grandma. <laughs> yep, I'm gonna start I'm gonna start a forest fire. Um, yeah, survival game the shape, gender reveal party. In the shape of my next gender. Only the surviving team gets to decide the gender. <laughs> uh, okay, I want to rewind a little bit. and I, I wa- I'm going to be... What if there's like a mercenary faction that's like the non-binary team? Oh, you mean my faction. Uh <laughs> We got we got tons of grenades for this for just this kind of gender reveal. It's gonna be good. Pineapples. Sorry, sorry, pineapples. We actually they look like literal pineapples, but then they explode with BBs. So it's very confusing when you like hear a big thud. And pineapple. 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 Non-pineapple. I just looked at what you can get at on uh, AliExpress. Uh, sorry for buzz marketing the cheap Chinese bootleg store, but yeah, you can totally get a BB filled pineapple grenade for like. Those look like a great way to drink. <laughs> they, what if they do? Wait, 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 wait! Every once in a while, we like to get a little wasted. We like to take a taste of alcohol. <laughs> great. What? What is great? You have like a sound for every single conversation topic on your uh, Kiss soundboard. Guess not. No. Searching, searching, I, searching, I have a sound searching. for everything but Love Gun. I've spent forty minutes looking for Love Gun. <laughs> um, he has a weird. seven incher, and he's going to give it to you. Just pretend I said that even louder and screecher like I'm your mother-in-law from Long Island. Okay. What if you did a gender reveal party and you just got a a skywriter to write? I don't know. They'll tell us someday, I guess. And this guy, and then just and then beneath that, said, I'm sorry, Grandma. <laughs> Solid snake fucks beneath that. I still don't know what a gender reveal party is, and I hope never to find out. Don't tell me. It's yep, then good you, for you. But then you have the 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 uh, plane drop a firebomb, so you do, do start a a wildfire. 
<laughs> you um, gotta start a wildfire with every yeah. gender reveal party that you have. Um, or somebody, somebody in the family dies, or you start a wildfire. You have to start every gender reveal party with a wildfire. Is that how you start the ritual? That's the end. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, it, it, it finishes. You the finale. dark gender. <laughs> hey, maybe it sounds like we have talked a lot about the guns in this game. Maybe we should, you know, take a I, good old cigarette break. I want, I want to tell you the thing about cans, though, <laughs> because. The best way to shoot a can in this game is to have a sniper stand way the fuck back, use their special ability that gives them 99% accuracy on every shot, and then shoot the can. So you get up there with a knife, one out of, one out of five times you're going to hit the can. You get out there with a sniper rifle and a parent, parent super focus, Max Payne style, you'll hit it 99% of the time. So that's the that's real, real strategy. strategy. Just diving... Just diving towards the can, uh, dual sniper rifles akimbo, shooting as many BBs <laughs> as you can. See, I know mm-hmm. that this mechanic is ridiculous, but I love it. I find it very charming. <laughs> but I do think we've covered gun, we've covered gender, which I guess that means gunder, um, which has been very good. I'm very happy about that. But I think that it is time to take, as you said, a cigarette break and go to the salary man corner, corner, corner. Oh, wait, what's this? Come on, get going. You know there's only one drink that gets us moving. <laughs> Smokes. This, this month, I have a Salaryman Corner game. This happens 50% of the time at best. Uh, it is a Mahjong game called Gambler Jiko Chushina... Fuck, whatever. Two, Dorapon Quest. <laughs> Apparently, we played... I didn't, because I wasn't there. We played the original of this game uh, in the Indiana Jones episode. Episode... Enter number here. 31. Post. 31, thank you. Um, it looks like Dragon Quest met... A Mahjong game. It looks good because the lead character is wearing sunglasses and armor, so he looks cool. It's like the first time I could relate to a protagonist in one of these games. <laughs> yeah, this really does look a game? lot like Bachelor. He's not as strong looking though. Doesn't no, have quite like a weak Bachelor. He's got he's got a weaker jawline, but you know, as far as these things go, pretty cool. I like how how this game looks like the midpoint between like Fantasy Star and Dragon Quest. What? Oh, with the tall sprites. Yeah. Yeah, these these some leggy uh, leggy sprites. They they all they they, they everyone in this town's like a supermodel. Check that out. Check that out. That that's like. Yeah, I just hard, walked right? to like an info booth or something, and uh, I said uh, yes to a question that I didn't read because I can't read Japanese good. Uh, and th- she just like pulled out a whip and posed in front of me. That's very normal. Oh, she's about to punish you. Just so you know. This, oh this yeah. Le- this this uh, dominatrix is about to uh, punish Tulpa for being a bad child. Say, say that again. But slower. 
Okay, oh, I'll, say, I'll say I'll say I'll say something even sexier. This game passes the Bechdel test immediately. The first thing that happens in story mode is three women have a conversation about a mahjong tournament, which is not about a man. Oh yeah, I, I see the Otiochi Sudo. See, yeah, I can see a little bit. Since I'm very progressive, I can say feminism gets me hot. <laughs> got me high. God. Don't slut shame me. <laughs> I didn't I play this game, by the way. <laughs> I didn't so, actually get to the Mahjong. I got very excited that I could get, like, full, uh, like, full... The, you could get punished. Yes, we get it, Topa. You're, yes. you're a naughty child. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, Shoki Mama, I get it. <laughs> I just read the name of, uh, uh, the character. I don't get it, and that's fine. I'm happy. I like living my happy, ignorant life. <laughs> Discipline, Mama. Oh, my favorite DS game. That's when, uh. Oh, wait. Was the mayonnaise game? That can't have mama in it? It didn't, did it? No. Um, okay, strike, this from, strike this from the record. <laughs> mayo Mama would have been a good sequel, though, right? Oh, yeah. M- Mama's Homemade Mayo? <laughs> Just churning it up for you. Okay, well, I think we've said everything. Actually, we mayonnaise is made in a double boiler, so uh, you know Just... it's a slow stirring method. <laughs> oh so wait, wait, you're saying you need two daddies for that? Oh God, <laughs> Rudy, you have things to say about this game, though. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna move on until we we hear your Rudy log. Yes, it's a time for another patented Rudy monologue as I go off the cuff. <laughs> um, so we played the first game in the series, which was uh, filled with a bunch of parody characters, like there was Blackjack and uh, uh, Hokuto no Ken guy and all that. Um, so this game is obviously going to be filled with hilarious jokes if you decided to play a Dragon Quest game where you had to, where every battle was Mahjong. Uh, that sounds horrifying because I'm terrible at Mahjong. And based off my very short experience with this and uh, vague uh, untold memories from a year ago, uh, this seems to be a worse mahjong game than uh than than the uh than its prequel which you know i was like oh that's something and also the characters at least in terms of the um and in, in terms of the just uh versus mode are a lot are just like a bunch of people which is weird when you immediately meet uh, a a a a, di- a disciplined mama <laughs> in the story mode <laughs> And so, so like you have this, you see this conversation between three women about like, oh, there's this mahjong tournament. Are you going to this mahjong tournament? Yeah, I'm going to this mahjong tournament. And then it fades to black, and then it comes up, and then you're your dorky sunglasses dude, and you're like at an inn, and then you talk to people, and maybe you eventually get to play mahjong. But I'm sorry, did you call him dorky? Yes. No, you're incorrect. It's clearly I, just, I, need a moment. I mean, dorky I compared to ba- the real bachelor, but you know. He's got bad hair, and he's smoking, and he didn't ask anyone. That's being a jerk, and that's being a dork. Okay, I just loaded up a Mahjong battle in this game, uh, just to see what it looks like. And, 
I would say that this is actually a very pragmatic setup for the very low resolution they're dealing with. They're trying to present as much info as possible in a small space, which is why they went away from the traditional Mahjong table. Mahjong, Mahjong, it's a game. I really like Mahjong. Mahjong's good. Rudy, what's the top option at the title screen? Is it like password or resume? I couldn't figure out what it was. I don't Party remember what it, what it what it looked like. It was either it, I I just remember the, I thought there was just story the and first option uh, was replay. Tyson. The second option is story. Oh, that's what it. Yeah, because I po- I shared a screen cap of it. I could I went to it three times. Like I can't figure out what I'm doing. Is my controller busted? It has some cute sprites. Yeah, I'm I'm into the art direct in this game. It's kind of uh, it's charming. It's unlike pachinko games. I can deal with this. Like I would play this if I had oh. time. Oh, here's the here's what here's the monument I stopped in the game. I just posted in the chat. Uh, so we have this uh, girl, uh, Koyuki, um, and she says like, "Oh, I'm a traveling high school student, high school mahjong warrior," and uh, yeah, she is very sexualized. And I was like, "Okay, I see the identity of this of this game series. I am out of here." The end. <laughs> I, take, I take back my progressive seal of approval for this game. Oh yeah, this game's canceled. It, it, it's not feminist <laughs> like an Andy Sidaris movie. It's the bad kind. <laughs> All right, so this game is officially canceled, and so well, nice. At the, at the closing of another Salary Man corner, we've canceled another game, and it's time to move on. Thanks everybody for playing this game. Got I didn't play. <laughs> hey gam hey gambler uh chico Ch- uh chico chu not to dora pond quest oh a pond uh, it's, uh, it's a pun on dragon quest it's not very funny uh gambler chico chu han to dora pond quest you canceled <laughs> and go fuck yourself it's time to move on to the next category which is of course investigation dun 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 Da, 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 da. This is a theme song for investigation. Da, 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 da. Give him bachelor 30 seconds to do something that he wants to do. I don't know what it is. So I have a question. Yes, yeah, up. Is this game like branded in any way? Is this like marketing material? I was intensely curious about no, that. The entire no, it's, just, it. it's just a Mahjong game that's a parody of No, no, we're talking about the main game. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it is. I think that it's. I, I don't even think they licensed all of these guns. Nope. Not. The tongue gave me pause. <laughs> Man. <laughs> That's the sound of the tongue, baby. Um. <laughs> um. So, uh, Tigris, you you uh, you had stuff prepared for this, and then I will go into well, one of my monologues. Well, a little bit prepared for this. Mostly, I just wanted to ask. So, has anyone ever? I mean, it wasn't really BB guns; it was airsoft guns, which the internet has informed me are different things, even though they're exactly the same thing. Just one of them is less likely to kill you. Um, has anyone ever done that before? Has anyone ever shot a gun before? <laughs> an air powered gun. I had. Uh, wait, no, mine wasn't air powered. No, I haven't. I had a. I had a plastic BB gun that was like spring powered, 
and I was a yeah. dumbass and I, I brought it home from Walmart and it was clear and I thought it was really cool. And then I was fucking around and shooting it in, in my apartment because I didn't have anything better to do. And I put a bunch of holes in my blinds without realizing it. So there you go. Yeah. I'm from Canada. So war is just hockey to me. Are, are we talking about guns now? Our guns? I was asking if anyone ever played guns. like airsoft or anything in their life. I've played with Nerf guns. Does that count? Yes, actually, because one of the, uh, browsing around a survival game website and like uh, whatever uh, uh, festival reports, event reports, and I was very curious about this. There was one of them that was Wild West themed, and a the outfits were completely crazy, and b there seemed to be airsoft gun and modified Nerf guns there, and I was I was like, whoa, is there? I was very curious if, if there was a uh, if there was beef between the airsoft nerds and the ner- and the and the uh, nerf gu- nerf nerds, but I guess not an, in this case. Is the there nerf a nerf nerd? Scene. If there's a, is there a nerf nerd scene? Yeah, there yeah. is. Yeah, I actually absolutely. have a story here. Uh, speaking of investigation, because you reminded me of this. Uh, sorry for interrupting. This will be very quick. Uh, in in high school. Uh, the last time I played with Nerf guns uh, was uh, my D&D group was modifying a bunch of Nerf guns to be basically bootleg airsofts. Uh, they were uh, adding in like uh, compressed air cartridges into their uh, Nerf guns. Uh, and I got a lot of bruises that day. <laughs> yeah, in my case, I actually did play a lot of, well, not a lot, but I had a friend and a couple friends who, because I was in a rural part of the country, which I will leave vague, um, yeah, a lot of people just fucking had airsoft guns. (laughs) And so you would go to a park where you weren't supposed to play airsoft guns, and you would airsoft gun each other until you were, until you saw a vehicle you were pretty sure was someone to bust your ass, and then you would get the fuck out of there. Were these See, illegally imported, like real guns? They, I don't know if they were illegally uh, imported. Like, they didn't have the little orange tip on them, like uh, a lot of guns do now. So yeah, then they were illegally they imported. Were illegal. Oh, fun. Um, I hope the statute of limitations on that is over. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, there's there's work. plenty of people on the internet that just talk about yeah, just go to. Yeah, if you're going to Japan, man, just can you get me like an airsoft gun? Just put it in two suitcases. Just, just, just take it apart. You know, <laughs> just take it apart. It's fine. I, I see. I'm from Canada, so we only ever used compressed air to clean out our computers. You psychos. <laughs> I, I used compressed air to make to freeze stuff as well, but I'm not Canadian. So I just I just am terrified of uh, of guns. I didn't even get a real airsoft gun. I got a spring loaded thing. You had to fucking pull back so, individually to get the BBs out. So you y'all didn't have the friend who kept buying like surplus Israeli military gas masks and like Soviet Union pins and shit with a ton of airsoft guns. Like I kind of feel like that's an archetype in a certain part of the country. I do not. We had caps guns, which were basically BB guns with blanks. Oh yeah, we had, my mom got me a little cap gun at some point. It was just like just like a like a, a, a tiny little crack, like a firecracker, and then an odd smell. That's it. Hold on, Kenya. 
Hold on. Your mother bought you a cap gun? Yeah, yeah a little cap gun. Yeah, I got That's some of those too. Weird. Why? She she liked cap guns when she was a kid. <laughs> yeah, I'm there from was Texas. A... When I turned 15, I got a gun. <laughs> you know, there was a very popular uh, children's Christmas movie where the entire plot revolves a- around this kid blinding himself with a BB gun. Yeah, that's he, all he wants for Christmas is a BB gun. Which and then he, he blinds says himself. in the movie was the best Christmas he ever had. The Christmas he lost an eye. I was gone for the beginning of this conversation, <laughs> which is ideal. Bodes well. But I'm nerd. Lods I, I was not allowed to uh, have toy guns as a child because both of my parents. Uh, had been shot. Uh, my father in a hunting accident, my mother by an ex-boyfriend when she was 15. He was uh, in the state of Idaho's Highway Patrolman Training Program and had a 38 revolver service weapon and got briefly uh, mad, uh, jealous of something, shot her. God is he was only seventeen. Got his freaking thing sealed later. Anyway, wasn't allowed to have toy guns because uh, they didn't want me to think of them as toys. But they bought me an air rifle when I was nine to teach me marksmanship. And if I had not, if they had not gotten into kites, I almost certainly would have been taken hunting with my father, but he stopped. So there's that. I did actually, go hunting with my dad once and saw him shoot a deer. It was unpleasant. Actually, my that's part of the re- that's weird. This is all very weird because some of this is coming back to me. I remember as a kid that neither of my parents liked me having toy guns. And I that that was because something terrible happened to one of my my mother's cousins with a gun, but then she got me a cap gun, which I don't understand. So that's weird. I guess because it didn't shoot a projectile, it didn't do anything for her. And plus, I was such a baby anyway. I was scared of anything that made loud noises. Still am really. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's kind of weird. Anyway, I'm just remembering all this now. Well, they just didn't want. You know, I was a little kid, so I turned sticks into guns, but they were very firmly on the, you know, if you're going to have something that you looks like a gun, you need to treat it as if it is a gun, so you're not going to do toy gun things, because guns are for killing people, and they take it very seriously, because they've both been shot. So I want to talk about that for a little bit, the ideas of guns killing people. Um, and I want to sort of armchair sociolo- sociology, a different culture, even if I'm within that culture now. Um, so this, th- so ball bullet gun is based off the real culture of Japanese survival games, which I've been posting pictures of it, mostly to show that it's just a whole bunch of dorks. Um, but I want to connect that and ask, is there a way for this just to be, is is there any way this is this can just be a a uh, a fun subculture, or is this all like thinly veiled 
militaristic propaganda of like buying fake real guns. Like I, I didn't mention earlier in the podcast, like, oh hey, the ball bullet gun has an eight seventy, which is my favorite video my favorite video game gun. Sorry, Doom shotgun. It's, mm-hmm. it's the it's the Battlefield four and Battlefield three eight seventy. Um but is there a way this is this is a this is a this is just a fun subculture or is this like rural r- 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 uh patriotic patriarch military industrial complex uh signaling i think um there's regardless of the intentions of the people who actually participate in the subculture and whatever reasons that they participate in the subculture for it's kind of like really 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 difficult to ignore the messaging of selling weapons as toys to people and selling a culture of combat along with that. I, I think a large part of my issue with the survival game culture is that it uh, features and demands such a strong adherence to uh, to fidelity to real paramilitary hardware and kit and stuff yeah i think that's it it's 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 weird right like i know it's really hard to get a gun in japan and it's really easy to get a gun in the united states and so to see if i were to see the exact same like kit and gear and gun and everything was the same except one person is obviously like somebody in Japan doing this and one person is obviously in the U.S. doing this. I would say the person in the U.S. is much more rah-rah nationalism because we, A, can get guns very easily here and B, associate guns with, quote, freedom and the Constitution and very conservative ideals. I don't know the culture in Japan, so this is really just going off of the literal fact that it's easy for me to, to purchase a gun in the United States. So the people who fetishize the hardware here scare me much more. Um, so I don't know. That's my, like, I, I live here take on it. Uh, I mean, well, somebody who dresses up in, uh, military uniforms and, uh, you know, goes out to the range and shoots whatever, you know, engages in some kind of military cosplay, um, but also, you know, collects actual firearms uh, and gets very heavily into, like, there, there, there is space in the U.S. and people, you know, fill that space for, like, actual... Uh, like paramilitary organization with their actual firearms, which is kind of where that uh, discomfort can come from. Like if I see a person who uh, really loves collecting military memorabilia for what whatever reason or another and then i see him put on that military memorabilia and then he takes his like uh antique rifle out and he shoots it i i'm sort of 
it suggests an attitude to me that, uh, yeah, you know, like there, there are actual militias in the United States uh, that are getting more and more vocal. Like I live in Oregon. Um, I've also owned many firearms over the years. Uh, and so I've known and been in spaces with lots of firearms people who take uh, this sort of totemic uh, thing from their guns that isn't really worth getting into. But when you combine pseudo-militaristic posturing with actual weapons, especially in the, the world that we have today, I it's understandably quite like, eh, in a way that somebody who does the same thing, but with the plastic firearms that are available to him, to them, you know, it doesn't ping the same way. But on the other hand, my understanding is that uh, airsoft culture, airsoft itself emerged because they banned guns in Japan. So, like, this is just seems like this is the next best thing for us. So we'll go with this. I don't know. So enough about Japan to say anything. Oh, so so like just for a clarification point, like looking through all these photos, we definitely see like imperial suns and some nazi patches and uh uh we we see the same sort of uh s- the same sort of warning signs that we would see in western culture but i think it's, it's how much of that is like this is a cool patch versus versus like it it has been getting more and more uh in recent years and i've been able to see this on twitter that um that you know uh, Nazi paraphernalia did not have the same social stigma as it did. Well, it did have the same social stigma. It's just it didn't have a pop culture stigma. Like, there there was definitely always portions of Japanese population after World War II that, that seeing, seeing Nazi, seeing, like, Nazi or pro-war paraphernalia and what, what that, what that meant and what that implied, um, but but then there was a lot of oh well, no we didn't know or you know oh we just thought it looked cool, um, and and now like looking back on that 2019 how much of that is is you know the same sort of uh, conservative uh, denialism that we see in the West. I mean, I mean from from what I understand uh, with Japanese politics is that there is a growing population of young right-wing people and I do think that things like airsoft culture definitely feeds into and is fed by uh, these rising like sentiments of uh, nationalism and uh, militarism. Is, which... is there a way to div- divorce uh, guns are cool from uh, death from, from no. militarism? Laser no. tag. I mean, even that is like I don't know. They're laser. Same <laughs> lasers. No, laser tag is bullshit. You ever play with kids like playing against odd job in real life? They're like this tiny, and you can't easily hit them, and you're like big, and they just go boom, boom, boom. I, I won laser tag. I lo- I won laser tag once when I was 
11 years old. See, you had an unfair advantage with our adults there. Very proud. <laughs> I was reading. Hoorah! <laughs> ah, I was reading an interview with a. Uh, it was a very short, very light, uh, like puff interview with a survival game idol, Kasumi Takara, and she's just like, yeah, these are just sort of a fun thing that you can pretend you're the hero in a story from a video game or a movie or something. Um, and I, obviously, if this is her job or an aspect of her job, she's just going to be like, yeah, all of this is great and wonderful and fantastic. Take my Yeah, there's a big part events. of all these is that all these events have will, will bring in like an Agravir or an AV idol to be like, oh, hey, there's one cute girl here, so you should uh, come along. And it's it's trying to bring in, it's trying to bring in the the fans of that of that idol. And I'm wondering if if that that does sort of follow the same pattern of 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 like right wing right wing recruitment that you would see in the West. Well, I think that's whether we're talking about actual firearms or play firearms, you can have people who do not necessarily, it's, it is not necessarily a slippery slope to certain sort of right-wing extremism and militarism and et cetera for um, anyone who engages with it. But because of the nature of uh, what it is, which is like a, a gun is a tool of force. It is for projecting force. It is for uh, killing things. Um, because of that, it's not possible to not have that element. I was thinking about like what would be a possible so uh, like answer to the question, and for a second I thought, well, there's nothing really harmful about like buffer LARPs, and then I remembered, oh no, uh, a neo-Nazi used uh, his experience in buffer LARPs to teach other neo-Nazis how to build uh, build and use shields. Yeah, so, like like last year. Go ahead, Kenya. Oh, I was just going to say, no, it's, I mean, I think it's an interesting thing. Cause like, uh, I don't know, like as, as a video game podcast, he mostly plays cutesy games because the super Nintendo, I, you know, I, you can tell where in my adult life I have swung to in terms of the games that I play. Um, it's mostly not, you know, it's mostly not stuff with guns in it. And, um, <clears throat> I was actually surprised by how much this game was able to get away from, the grossness of gun fetishism while still being uh, a gun fetishist fetishistic. So um, I don't know. There's, I think an element of time to this, like this game was in the nineties when people weren't so afraid of like uh, the very real, um, you know, threat of, you know, modern right wing jackasses. So like, it's like, okay, yeah, sure. Gun fetishism, whatever. Um, but also like it's, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with any of this. I've lost my train of thought. Basically, like, I don't think you can divorce the two. I think it is, like, actually impossible to do that. And I also think it's it's very possible as a thinking person to not get sucked into that 
sort of garbage. Um, mm -hmm. And that's always the the thing that I think people don't <laughs> like when they when they hear somebody talking about how guns are bad and video game violence is bad. It's like you know we're not like somebody's not saying that you can't do this ever. It's always a hundred percent terrible and will lead to terrible things. It's just that you literally cannot divorce it from its uh, origins as like fetishizing a thing that is meant to kill people. Um, so that's just something to be aware of, I guess. It's, um, you know, the, the, the proof is in the idea that there is a person like enmeshed in this culture who would just wear a Nazi patch because they thought it looked cool. Uh, I think like the moment you hear that, the moment you realize that this is an incredibly exploitable population of people. They're uh, wait, one, one thing <laughs> I wanted to interject uh, in thinking about it, the thing that I find most discomforting is actually the uh, um, military uh, gear and not so much the, the toy guns, uh, because for some reason that streams much more like a, a fetishization of terrible things yes i think that's a really key differentiation is like the military aspect of it is creepy there's i i can't i can't deal with that at this point in my life it's yucky, it's the, yucky. the militarism is explicitly about like a specific kind of idea of like how like um like what a hero looks like and what a hero fights for like Whoa. if they were all John Woo trench coats and like uh, like goofy uh, heroic bloodshed uh, Hong Kong blood opera stuff, I'd be a lot less creeped out by it. If they were all dressed like Death Note characters, yeah, that too. And if if you want a healthier kind of fetishism, you can <laughs> log on to OnlyFans.com/slash/Bachelor <laughs> for only six dollars a month. I promise you will get gun. your good content and not see a single gun. You will not right. see a Nazi. Unless, you know, maybe it'll be a love gun. <laughs> <laughs> so so I got a, I got two uh, two points to make here. One, this is way far back, but as far as uh, whatever, Jap Japan's public conception of it, and I've told this story a dozen times, I don't think I've told it on this podcast at least, is that a friend came to Tokyo, and their first night in Tokyo, we were standing at a crosswalk, and then a white woman walked up with a grocery bag full of airsoft M4s, <laughs> just like in the middle middle of the middle of uh, the crowded city at a stop sign at like eight p.m. holding an air holding a giant bag, of, and you could see the gun sticking out of the bag, and you're just like, what, what is, what is anything? What is going on right now? How is, oh, like, every saying, police officer not stopping her? Because that's a bag of guns. Oh, she's just off to her morning class. <laughs> I mean, that would be utterly terrifying if I saw anything even resembling that in my day-to-day -day life. I don't even like seeing, well, anyway, yes, it's terrifying. So, I want to twist the knife here. Um, and, and we're talking if you know we're going to look at uh, uh, survival games and this game uh, uh, fetishizing militaristic culture, um, and how how is that different than actual video games and guns with video games with guns? 
I mean, it's, it's not. not. Yeah, it's totally I, not. Like, like there's the, like the, the the point at which I couldn't play like gun games anymore. And I don't mean any games with guns, obviously, but like your Calls of Duty and your Battles Field um, was when I fucking had to do a torture scene in Call of Duty Black Ops, and I I, I was. Yeah, I I don't want to be like some sort of moral high ground or something here, but it 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 was such a shock to me that I had to hit a button to torture somebody for no reason, uh, that I it, I I almost just stopped playing video games for like two months. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. <laughs> so were, there's no difference. But you were really mad that they ripped it out of the Christopher Walken movie, Dogs of War. You're like, I've seen that fucking scene. <laughs> yeah, I was I was very upset about that because you don't steal. How dare you? You should at least have a caption that says we lifted this from the Christopher Walken movie Dogs of War. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I I want to pull up uh, a particularly striking uh, quote from film reviewer Pauline Kyle or Kale or I, I don't know how to say her name. Sorry. Uh, that she uh, she said the following. Uh, you don't have to be very keen to see that they are now in fact desensitizing us. They are saying that everyone is brutal and the heroes must be as brutal as the villains or they turn into fools. There seems to be an assumption that if you are offended by movie brutality, you are somehow playing into the hands of the people who want censorship. But this would deny those of us who don't believe in censorship the use of the only counterbalance the freedom of the press to say that there's anything conceivably damaging in these films, the freedom to analyze their implications. If we don't use this critical freedom, we are implicitly saying that no brutality is too much for us, that only squares and people who believe in censorship are concerned with brutality. I, too, am smart. (laughs) No, I think that's really, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like, I remember being a kid in the late eighties and early nineties and all these violent movies and shit were on TV. And like my parents being like, Oh yeah, I don't know. All this violence really makes me uncomfortable. And me as a kid being like, no, you're boring. You just hate cool shit. And that's essentially what you're talking about. (laughs) Uh, But one of the, one of the things uh, like I can't play military shooters or like, uh, or, or like counter strike or anything. I'm uh, I'm fine with like fantasy guns and fantasy first person shooters. I still think that like they can go too far with uh, uh, like ludicrous displays of violence maybe. But uh, in general, I'm a lot less skeeved out by like shooting a fantasy nail gun in Quake 1 than I am uh, uh playing counter-strike yeah like i i find myself trying to to figure out what why my exceptions are exceptions so like i played quite a bit of rainbow six siege i didn't play it no i did play it on my own quite a bit and um i found that game and that's almost explicitly like the survival game sort of thing yeah like it is very very specifically you know hardware fetishism i mean you're, you're fucking cops um but the thing i thought was it's so funny because it has the street fighter problem of like well the good guys fight the good guys and the bad guys fight the good guys and the you know like the the characters just 
they have all of these backgrounds, but they don't fucking matter. And so it turns the whole thing into a goddamn farce. And that game was the funniest shit I've ever played. So I think the farcical nature of that made me more okay with it. You know, also, so it's it's weird. Also, the thing about a fighting tournament, and while there are bad guys and there's ultimately a plan, the framing device of a lot of fighting games is that you are at a fighting tournament and everyone walking up to the fighting tournament says, I could, I am going to consensually fight you and you're going to consensually fight me and this is a competition. And in some of the cases, like Ryu and Street Fighter will say, yeah, that was a good fight. You did super good when you beat me because I'm all about everyone getting better and getting better at at fighting each other because this is a sport and it's about personal discipline and it's not a and that's very different from that. I and you know in my head Rainbow Six Siege is a bunch of like operatives playing paintball basically which is what it feels like because it's all this this big goofy stupid shit. Um but yeah, I mean at the same time it's also very much the home of you know military fetishism and yay cops and all that bullshit too so you know it's it's the same it's just a matter of how much are you willing to think about the media you partake in how much are you willing to separate that from reality and how savvy are you to do that in the first place you know that's actually like bringing up paintball is a good point because i am far less skeeved out by paintball most of the time when they don't go full military kit Oh, a lot of paintball is definitely uh, that sort of recruitment that I've been talking about. A lot yeah, yeah. of it. I think it's really important. Like, the line for me when it comes to, well, like, you know, I play a lot of violent video games or whatever. But the line for me is, like, how attached whatever the media is to, like, representations of real ass like tools that are used to end lives in real life, whether that's uh, weaponry or whether that's uniforms or whether that's like um, just like kind of nationalism, like indoctrination, jingoism, like that, that kind of thing. Like I can play doom because that shit ain't real. Like it's just not, but something like, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, uh, arguably this game in a sense, because you can like very easily imagine that these people are like killing each other, and the reason they're crying is because they're dead and not because they're have like bruises. But like it is really important to consider the kind of symbolism that like, you know, the fact that it will get under your skin you will see it again in context where people people are actually losing lives and you're gonna think about that whether you're consciously thinking about it or not i think that's a really good distinction yeah like that 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 adherence to real life fucking misery and and how that's handled is very important <laughs> so um like um, oh, go ahead. that's why the that's why the uniform thing like the military uniforms and like the military hierarchy like the chain of command shit is like so so freaky to see in these like airsoft groups or whatever because they're like they're making like a myth out of something that is not really a myth. And I think there was a, there was a gun cast of, of select of the select button podcast, right? Like we're, we're almost, it got canceled. 
Shit, because I was going to say for reference, I think that would be a good one. But fuck, I okay, damn it. <laughs> but yeah, I there, there's also a good waypoints. Uh, Waypoint Radio has, or the Waypoint Podcast had a uh, a good episode on gun violence uh, a year or two ago. Um, it, it was less about like militaristic stuff, but it was kind of like guns and video games and how they're connected and and what that means. And and they're they're very uh, very smart people on that podcast. Um, so that's a that's another good resource for this kind of conversation as well. I think. So uh, my general heuristic for how I judge how I will feel about violence in video games, so that it's less arbitrary, is in uh, is I try to answer the question of uh, who is uh, this representation of violence in service of? Like, it's no secret that the u.s military uses the call of duty games as recruitment tools like the that's just a factual and uh whereas i don't think anyone is uh taking like any like subconscious message from doom that uh oh they should uh join the military and go fight a war and uh war in uh some country they uh, hadn't heard of the day before. I did. Yeah, I mean, I, I, <laughs> Actually, I, since since uh, that's brought up, like looking at all these images, that the the Hong Kong trench coat identity is very absent from all of this. Like like what like that sort of imagery, like the the whole like there's no, even now there's like no John Wick like cosplay for the last couple of events. Um, but for in terms of relation to the video games, the final point I want to make from looking at the photos of all these survival game events is that I'm seeing so much of the imagery that uh, Resident Evil and I mean it was known Metal Gear Solid and Resident Evil have all that, and Resident Evil is very much more than zombie movies. Like the DNA of Resident Evil uh, from like even from two forward is all in survival games. Huh. It's all tactical tactical operators operating operationally in a a uh, zombie context just sometimes they're shaded in anime-ish directions they'll have a slit side gown on but yeah yeah like every Resident Evil game has uh, like four or five custom or special order uh, airsoft guns. Like every gun, every gun that's ever been a Resident Evil game is also an airsoft gun. It's it. There's there's oh, wow. very clear connection between those two cultures. And generally, there, all of the firearms in it are based uh, very closely on uh, real world models. That makes the direction of seven kind of interesting, but that's a whole nother podcast. So, Mara, I hear you have a great Canadian joke. <laughs> no. Oh, I mean, like, in Canada, we don't have gun culture, so if we want to, like, if we want to be cool and rebel against the system, we just do drugs instead. <laughs> Obviously, somebody hasn't seen the tumblers that I have. Our guns shoot maple syrup only. I, I'm sorry. I may, I, my, my, my mistake. Oh, Canada. <laughs> okay. Oh, Rudy. <laughs>
I feel like I feel like we okay. I I think the gun conversation has been very good. This may have been the the most the longest time we've been serious on this podcast ever, and that was really cool. Um, I do want to know if there are any other investigation notes other than I found a game that IMAX made. Um, but I do, I do no. Actually, I just want to say thanks everybody for having that conversation because that was really, really cool. I think, I think that, that that was that something was- that I that it was an angle I was not going to take at all on this is not something that even occurred to me, um, and I think that was really, really neat. So thank you. Um, we did work tonight. Yeah, we did some fucking work. Um, any other investigation notes before I drop in mine though? I got nothing. Okay. All right. Well, then I'm going to... Oh, wait, oh, I, I've got... Oops, no, wait. I'll save it of for course. my sign-off. You'll save it for your sign-off. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you that the only interesting thing I can find about IMAX, which is, by the way, spelled I apostrophe M-A-X, IMAX, um, was that they made a game called Innsmouth no Yokata, which is based on a Japanese horror film of the same name, loosely based on H.P. Lovecraft's story, The Shadow Over Innsmouth. I have not played it, but it is on the Virtual Boy, and I really should. So they made a Virtual Boy game, one of like the 27 or whatever that exists. So there you go. That's a thing I thought was interesting. <laughs> they also made Nail and Scale, which or they published Nail and Scale? No. Why, why is They developed a- Nail and Scale. Well, Nail and Scale is great. What is Nail and Scale? It doesn't even have a description on Giant Bomb. It's it's the Game Boy game. It's a platformer where you like throw nails at walls and then climb up the nails. That's awesome. It has two player. Well, there you go. <laughs> so that looks cool too. That looks cool as shit. There's this there's this one Game Boy game called Burning Paper, where you burn paper and kill bugs with it. It's neat. Game Boy had some cool shit on it. Um, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I hate paper. Yeah, fuck paper, especially paper above. Death Braids. That was the game we played uh, at. At the Trusso Day tournament, that was uh, oh. IMAX. Death Braid. Okay, so they published it or developed it, or both. Who knows? Uh, th- they they uh, published it. I don't know why it says uh, they pub- uh, Data East published it on Moby Games because that's not true. Very weird. Anyway, well, that that was my last investigation. Was Death Braid. Nice. Uh, anything else? Did, did, did I miss a chance to talk about nail and scale? <laughs> Not yet, but <laughs> go go for it. Tell me about nail and scale, and then we'll move on to Revelation. Well, it's important when you're looking at a photo of someone's nail, you know, to take the scale into account. Because some people are bigger than others, so it's not going to look quite right. <laughs> you got to scale. You know, like you have to have like maybe um, a DVD case around just to, you know, something that's relatable. Yeah. A quarter. Or a laser for disc. Scale. Laser was... disc. If, if, if you've got a laser disc, yeah, flaunt it. Flaunt it. <laughs> I was really hoping that Shenmue 3 would finally feature one of Sega's classic Super Nail and Scale games. But I guess they dropped the ball again. God damn it. I wanted that laser disc ad- attachment for the Sega Saturn. B.O. Hayazuki. I should have said, I should have 
I should have said Super Nail and Scalar Games. I'm sorry I didn't. I'm sorry to everybody. All right, Yu Suzuki forgives you. <laughs> oh, as usual, I have no idea what's happening. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we've talked about Vanity. We talked about Gun. We talked about Investigation. Finally, we're going to talk about Revelation. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, yeah, this is where I usually put the music. Dun, 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 dun. All right. Uh, Revelation is where we talk about our final thoughts on the game, any summarizing shit. And uh, I guess let's do a score this time. We'll do... Uh, zero to I'm stealing this from you, Tigress. Zero to thirteen uh, balls. <laughs> That's it. Zero to thirteen balls. Um, whoever wants to go first, we don't have to go in any particular order. I don't care. Um, and we just need to take long enough for Mara and Rudy to get back. <laughs> okay, I'll take the first ball bullet. Um, oh, I like that joke. It took me a second. <laughs> So, I played this for an hour, and this was very much in the same wheelhouse for me as uh, when I was playing um, Langrisser 2 back on a Genesis cast, which was, although I think Langrisser 2 is a little better, which is, I really like playing sort of alternate history in, like, a mechanical sense, uh, tactics games. Because it feels like tactics games a lot of the time are kind of either they're Fire Emblem or they're kind of on the Tactics Ogre Final Fantasy Tactics track. And a lot of the time it's... And now, now of course, we also have XCOM. But it, it really feels like there were ways that especially... There, there are occasional times when I play a Japanese tactics game where I really feel like there was someone attempting to do something a little bit different. And this game really did do a lot of distinct and different things. Um, the, the whole focus on visualizing things was very cool. The ability to kind of pay attention to, to what your opponents are doing is very cool. It, it creates this very different feeling than you get from like a fire emblem because a fire emblem even when you have fog of war you're still just kind of running the numbers and running the odds whereas this game really makes you think about the terrain it really makes you it really puts you in a place the game i actually was thinking a lot about especially with how people were reacting to this of all things was wizardry because like wizardry this this game makes you very aware of the stuff you don't know and it makes you very aware of the layout of the place you are in which are not things i typically associate with tactics rpgs even though both of those things should be big deals in tactics games much like again to compare it to langrisser 2 langrisser 2 was very concerned with how you place and position your units which then made uh, the physicality of the spaces very important in a different way, because you have to move them around and you have to keep them like near your dude in that game. But that's a that's a different cast, literally. Listen to the Langrisser 2 cast. So yeah, uh, regardless of any of the depictions of militarism in the game or not, I 
think that this is interesting, although my ADHD can't handle playing this for too long, literally. So I'm going to uh, give this give this puppy uh, an eight, I think. Eight eight balls. Thank you. I was going to say, you have to say it. You have to say you say Eight it. balls out of good. 13. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's delightful. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> Specifically balls, not bullet balls. Just balls. I mean, they could be bullet balls. It could be bowling balls. It could be any sort of balls you can imagine in your mind. Up to 13 of them. Okay, so uh, shall I go? Yeah, if you want to. We're not going in any particular order. So if you want to go, then then shoot. No no pun intended. Uh, I'm going to shoot. I'm going to shoot my opinion right out there. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, any game with percentage misses or, or like especially visible ones, like, oh, you have a 70% chance. Um, it reminds me of my own inadequacies in life that even if I prepare, I will still uh, fail horribly uh, just through no fault or I never was good enough or, you know, it's just too much stress. It too, reminds me too much of the real world. Um, so I didn't like that. And on, I'm always in a SRPGs in this sort of game, I always feel like it's either a test I have over-prepared for or under-prepared for. I never feel like I can... I, I Unlike a lot of people, I can never find like that sweet spot of difficulty. There seems to be too many variables. Like, I just want to be... Like, my favorite uh, RTS missions are when I like have a set number of people at the start of the mission, and that's all I get. And then it's just a puzzle for me to solve. But the second I have to think about leveling and equipment... And it, there's just too many variables. Um, so I, I do not like SRPGs. It's not, it's not, it's not a genre I can play. Um, and maybe I'm, I'm sort of, somewhat of a broken record at this point on this podcast. But uh, So I give a bullet ball gun uh, a zero out of, or a, a six balls out of 13. But I give our talk about it a 13 out of 13 balls. This has been informative and interesting and fun. Wow, that's awesome. That's a lot of balls. That's 19 balls in, in one review alone. I give this game 5.99 balls because right oh. now on OnlyFans.com slash Batrasoft, <laughs> that's the, you know, you can get some real hardcore ball content for only 5.99 US dollars. Oh my God. You might see even 13 balls up in there. You don't know. I know. You'll find out, though, at OnlyFans.com slash Bachelorsoft. <laughs> Sign up today. You'll be glad you did. Oh, I will. <laughs> okay, so. Your, your dinner's ready. Yeah. Uh, penetration line. Once the hit location has been determined, oh, God. the question is whether the shot has penetrated the target's armor. Some shots will strike cleanly, while others partially or completely glance off. See glancing roll below. This will obviously have a major effect on the damage done. The relative protection afforded by armor is accounted for by using the four weapon penetration lines at the top of the hit location and damage table, 3A. So I give this game 3A out of 13 balls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go ahead and go. Um, 
All right, ball, bullet, gun. I didn't really expect to like this game. I don't, as much as I talk about playing this guy, I don't really like strategy RPGs because they require too much thought and preparation and patience. And this guy is about hitting the hit going into items and hitting level 53 when the story level really only requires like level 20 and just fucking blazing through everything. It's great. It's great. It's not. Uh, the typical thing for me. I don't like Final Fantasy Tactics. I have played through parts of Fire what? Emblem. I don't! I like Final Fantasy Tactics Advance because you can over-level in that game and break it, and it's a big, goofy shit show. I do Can't not like you're that. coming over. <laughs> so, I was surprised to find that I actually was appreciating Ball Bullet Gun uh, for being a little bit lighter fare but also being a little bit different from what I'm used to. I'm not thinking about like a tons of prep. I'm not trying to figure out leveling. I'm not trying to figure out spells and who's the best character. I'm just kind of going in with some guns and, and learning a tactic rather than, than anything else. So I appreciated that. Couldn't deal with the slow turns. Um, didn't really occur to me the military stuff at the time. So, you know, whatever. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just a fun little game. It's a nice jaunt. It's a, it's, doesn't take too long to beat if you're into it and when as soon as you stop getting any enjoyment out of it you just turn it off and feel satisfied that's how i feel about this game so i give ball bullet gun a 9.3 out of 13 balls um and i give this podcast a 15 out of 13 balls but only uh because the last episode that you probably heard uh was a chaotic live episode so this one's definitely way better than <laughs> That no, it's not, it's going to be just as weird. All right, uh, I but bye. Oh, uh, Kenny, I hate to tell you, but you're the you're the host, you now have to <laughs> the cast. No, 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 we still have two more people to go. <laughs> I can take a break now, I can breathe for a minute. <laughs> um, I, I guess I'll go now. Um, I as with most games that we play, I uh, liked it and was charmed by it far more than I expected to be. Uh, I play a lot of tactics games. I rate tactics games by at least three criteria tonight. Um, they're uh, menu design, uh, difficulty, and uh, how easy it is to manipulate the AI. I don't know how easy it is to manipulate the AI because I didn't play this game for long enough. So I'm just going to assume that it's like, like genius level, like, like deep cloud shit. Um, the menu design is like actually incredible. This is a really good looking game. It looks and sounds and feels far better than it has any right to. And, uh, at my first approach to the actual gameplay, it confused the shit out of me because it looked like all of the games that I've been playing for the last three months, except it was XCOM. Um, it was really cute. I appreciate cute. It was fairly simple. I appreciate simple. It only involved a little bit of RNG. I appreciate that. This is actually like kind of a good game uh moral quandaries notwithstanding i had i had a good time with it even though that good time was relatively thin so i will give this um i will give this 6.9 out of 
How many balls? I don't remember. Thirteen. I love balls. Um, oh, on the AI note, there's something I failed to mention in Gun. In the second to last mission, it's a survive mission, and you only have, I think, three characters versus, like, the opponent's nine or something. I watched the Let's Play of that. He put his characters in the corners, and then he passed 25 turns with no incident whatsoever. <laughs> so I don't know so much about the AI. All right, that's that's it, though. Uh, I, I think, Shrug, you're the last one. Okay, I reduce my score to... 2.9 out of oh wow how many balls was it again 13 <laughs> i love balls it's me welcome back it's shrug i am shrug and my name in another discord is anti-balls boomer right now and i i don't remember why but it's probably still binding which complicates things for me. This is a cute game. It has a CZ-75 in it. So, bonus points for the check edition. I wish it had an Overwatch command and was thus made incredibly incredibly easy to steamroll because I never want to have to think about what I am doing ever. That said, it's okay. I think it's fine. It's, it's fine. In conclusion, Donovan's odds of hitting the intended target hex are 67. Donovan rolls a 71 and misses. The EAL odds just, with odds just greater than the number rolls, rolled as EAL equals 21, odds 74. So, Donovan missed his target hex by 21 minus 20 equals 1 EAL. This means a miss by one hex referred to the shot scatter table 5C. The hex is determined randomly from those one hex from the intended target using a one to six roll, it lands in hex number six, see figure four. The grenade had an impact fuse, so it explodes on impact. Opponent one is caught one hex from the blast and is hit by one piece of shrapnel since BSHC is star one. The base concussion, concussion BC is 176, so in addition to the shrapnel hit, he receives BC times blast modifier equals 176 times 1 equals 176 PD in concussion damage. It's Opponent simple. Opponent 2 is 2 hexes from <laughs> oh, blast radius, and BSHC is 25. Donovan rolls a 64 and misses the opponent with shrapnel. The BC is 52, so the opponent receives 52 times 1 equals 52 PD in concussion damage. Donovan was 5 hexes from the blast and behind solid cover around the corner. He is immune to shrapnel damage, and the concussion damage he receives is a BC equals 12, range 5, times the blast modifier equals 0 0.01 behind solid cover. 12 times 0 0.01 equals 0.12 equals 0 PD. I don't even know what any of that meant. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> to me. I give <laughs> this game uh, point one two 
balls out of 13 equal to the PD. I don't remember what PD is. Sans for. This is physical I, I really, damage, I think. Police department. I really liked that your laptop fan was uh, losing its shit while you were talking. And as you got more and more into what you were reading, it seemed like the laptop fan was also getting more and more into it. <laughs> so that was very, I, think, I liked it. I think my laptop fan is just sick of me. <laughs> well, what a jerk. Um, <laughs> it's oh, go still ahead. simpler than figuring out card mechanics and Magic the Gathering. Wah, wah. Run! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. If anybody thinks I'm inserting those sound clips, I'm not. This is all live from Bachelor. <laughs> um, okay. So that has quite the range. Oh, yeah. Uh, OnlyFans.com slash Bachelor Soft. Only fans that come from Okay. Only fans saw shoes. Did you hit the desk? <laughs> I can't. Oh, Christ, I'm dying. It's, that okay. makes you hit the desk. <laughs> That's it for this podcast. Hey, everybody. Where can people find you if they want more of you? Uh, I'm automatic tiger you can find me on twitter as at automatic tiger on this very same podcast feed i also do a podcast i host it rather um the book of mega drive which is all about them uh blast processed sega games uh i know it's a strange world if you mostly play nintendo stuff uh but i assure you uh, all the blue blurs are friendly on the Sega side of things, and we'd be happy for you to listen. And if you want to find out about that podcast, you can visit our very irregularly updated Twitter at Book of Mega Drive. Uh, I hope, hope all y'all. I, I hope all y'all listen to it because you're probably already subscribed to this feed, and you probably already do. And thank you. I'm tired. Hi, tired. I'm Rudy. Uh, you can listen to me more as, as, on uh, Hinge Problems, which if you like this, uh, like this serious discussion of uh, guns and violence and video games, uh, we do a lot of that sort of thing sometimes. And uh, yeah, just I'm real cool. You can, you can check me out on Tokyo Rude on Twitter. And uh, let's check out this like button down at forums. They're pretty cool. Jesus. So loud. I do like the sound of, of walking, talking, Ruby. That's very good. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's like being at a gas station. I'm Aaron Sorkin. Hi. What's it? What, was it? Was it? Was it papers? Was it Super Nintendo? Super Famicom? Ah, right, kids out of my face. Mar- Mario didn't do no crimes. <laughs> all right. All right. Go ahead, Bachelor. Hi, my name is Bachelor. You can find me at bachelorsoft.com. You can find me on Twitter at bachelorsoft. You can find me on Instagram at bachelorsoft. You can find me on Venmo at bsoft. You want to send me some money? I bet you can do that. Um, Wait, is that a privacy concern? Do they still show? My real name's Sex God Sucks Dick. I have nothing to be afraid of. Um... I'm working on a game called DV Natural Playboys. It's very good. It's probably three years away from completion, but right now, 
in honor of those three years, the third issue of the DVD and Natural Playboy zine just came out, and it's very good. And uh, you can buy it, or you can trade it from me. With me, if you have like interesting trades, I don't want your crumbum trades. I don't want your like old issues of Entertainment Weekly or um, Shoes.Zone. I only want the good stuff. So hit me up. And I'm on select button. I make all the best best threads. Go look at the five one game set. It's very good. Rudy's in that too. Everyone here's in that somewhere. Thank you. Uh, I am Mara, also known as No Code, on the selectbutton.net forums. If you want to follow me on Twitter for some godforsaken reason, you can find me at funeral selfie. And uh, announcement. Um, probably coming this spring maybe this summer you'll be able to find me on the new selectbutton.net guide and podcast the ps explorer podcast we're gonna do this and the mega drive shit but on the playstation one that like wonderful treasure trove of absolutely crazy weird jittering polygon shit it's my it's my favorite system and my favorite library and so we're gonna do this um i'd like to tackle it with your with your help my friends can i join it absolutely i'm there i i will i will be there playstation is quite possibly my biggest blind spot in gaming uh, I would appreciate to ha- having a blind spot with us on our journey. And oh, so I'm like not... my. Oh, go ahead. I know I'm not allowed because I hate balls. So <laughs> there are no, there are no. You can't actually render a sphere on a PlayStation like uh, graphics core. So I think you're safe. Polygon Man is even garage shaded. That's why they had to be. That's why he had to be killed. Who wants to hear a a train arriving? Well, it has one of those uh, Cassiopeia tunes. (laughs) So the PlayStation version of this podcast will probably be starting uh, sometime in May after I am finished with my schooling. So. Look forward to that and more news on that on this feed, hopefully. Thanks. That's fucking awesome. I'm super excited for this. Let's just keep adding a system every year. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're not going to run out of systems, but we're... You're fucking welcome. (laughs) I'm so excited. This is great. Okay. Yeah, I'm hype. I'm hype. And if you want to get, you know, if we get 30 subscribers at OnlyFans.com slash Batrasoft tonight... (laughs) We'll do it. Face. We're gonna do yes. it. 3DO face. 3D, 3DO face. I can't yes. wait to play sex. Yeah, we're gonna play sex. <laughs> I don't and know what all that the is. other erotic hits of the 3DO multimedia system, right? We're ready to do it. You know, just the best. 30 subscribers tonight. Five ninety nine a month. <laughs> that ain't that much. The magic of the 3DO is that it made every game into an erotic experience. You know, the best thing about this is I looked into this because I got curious, and I do believe that if you did an episode once a month for two, you could have two years worth of episodes for it on just the 3DO. Holy shit. All right, Tulpa, Tulpa, get me me out of here. (laughs) 
Yeah, I am Telpa. You can find me on Twitter as Memorias Telpa. You can find me on Select Button as Telpa. And uh, you can find me uh, playing a role-playing game on the podcast No Rangers Allowed, which uh, Shrug alluded to earlier in this episode. Uh, I am the GM, or Dungeon Master, or Gungeon Master, if you prefer, of, uh, of No Rangers Allowed. The rules of the game we play are much simpler than what I have been quoting all night, uh, because uh, I don't hate myself, or you. You're, uh, I'm a big fan of you, the listener. That's right. Enter the gungeon with Tulpa and me, Shrug, uh, who is descending ever deeper, second by second, into a world of ratcheting fan noises. Uh, I should really try to swap that out tomorrow. Or tonight, if the ADHD strikes, uh, I hate balls. I'm Shrug on the forums. I'm at Shrugopolis on Twitter. I might be part of 3DO face if that ever gets off the ground. Uh, I told my therapist I would take time to write every day. Maybe that'll come to something someday. Fingers crossed. Goodbye. Uh, hi. Okay. Uh, I've I've been Vassal Kenya. You can find me on Twitter where I don't fucking tweet as Vassal Kenya. You can find me on the selectbutton.net forums where I do tweet uh, as Vassal Kenya. If you just just it's Castlevania with the, Z, the C and the V mixed up. That's what I am on everything now. So just living living my best life. Um. <laughs> Here's the part where I tell you what you can do to help us. Uh, if you like this podcast, spread the word. Tell your survival game compatriots. Tell your paintball enthusiast grandmother. Um, or tweet about us or whatever. People find out about us through word of mouth. And we've got a fair amount of listeners. And every time you mention it to somebody, uh, it, it makes that number go up. And it makes us all feel really good. It doesn't give us any monetary benefit. And that's fine. Because we just want people to hear the dumb shit we say. Um I think I at an estimate, I think we have somewhere around 300 listeners, but not everybody listens to every episode. So just just a number for people. Uh, one of these days, we're going to be the top podcast on iTunes if you rate and review us. So do that, too. Uh, we have a website, but it's not what it used to be because fucking name cheap is not cheap. And they, they took my SNES.Zone. They want $30 for it. I'm not fucking paying $30 for it. So now you can find us at SNES.Club because that's a better fucking name anyway. It has links to our Twitter feed, which is where you can vote for games, at Snexploration. There's short bios for everybody who's ever been on the cast, social media links, shit like that. You know, um, it's good. Uh, if you want us to read something out us on the podcast, email us at SNES at SNES.club or go to the thread about the game we're going to record for at selectbutton.net. I'll link to it on the Twitter. Just go, I don't fucking know. Just go on Twitter. That's where everything will be. Um, yeah. As always, for more inane video game discussion, jump into the selectbutton.net forums. I would usually put plug Patreon, but I literally haven't updated in months, and I feel terrible asking anybody for money. So just don't, don't maybe 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 next year. Um, the next podcast is going to be a very special 
episode of well, it's an explorer's choice, okay? And uh, our very own no code uh, slash Mara. Uh, oh, no, 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 no! Oh my god, <laughs> are we really gonna do it? Yeah, you're next on the list. <laughs> oh shit! We're Urban going to play. <laughs> We're gonna finally play Urban Strike three years later. Oh my god! Shit game. Holy shit. Holy shit. Yes. Speaking of jingoism, motherfuckers. <laughs> fucking... God, I've got shit to say about that series. It's time to manage. It's fuel. weird. So so look forward to that. Put that in your in your Super Nintendo. Play some of it. Go onto the selectbutton.net forums and, and and find the urban strike thread and talk to us about it. I will read shit on the podcast. But uh, oh go ahead. I I might even have I might even vie for a special category for, called like view from the blast view from blast processing where I play the Sega Genesis version and attempt to suss out what minuscule difference there is between both versions. Tigress, What's a Sega I, Genesis? Tigress, I have already played the Mega Drive versions of all of the strike games and I can tell you what the difference is right now. Okay, okay. chunky guitar riffs. <laughs> okay, so that's up, that's our... to what, play the shitty one, Kenya. I'm sorry that the Super Nintendo shit. <laughs> the end. I've actually never played a strike game on the SNES. Oh my god! Well, this will be a first, and you can you can hear the the wonky music. So that's the next game. Plug it in. Play. I it. can't wait to like passive aggressively like shit on the SNES's sound chip. <laughs> I think that'll be fun. I'm also going to put a oh. fans is giving me a bad gateway when I try to add a bank account. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked. That's fucked. They don't want you to get your money. Um, I okay, but you also get to vote on the next three games. I'm putting up the poll right after this podcast so that we know which one. It, we're going to do. So, the next three games after Urban Strike are going to be either Zenkoku Koku Soccer. I don't know what the fuck that is. It's soccer. It's, it's soccer. football. <laughs> then there's Mickey's Playtown Adventure, A Day of Discovery! Exclamation point. And that rules. Oh, I don't even want... I don't even know. And then something called Emerald Dragon? I don't know what that is. How many people do you think Mickey Mouse has killed? <laughs> uh, depends. Are we going with uh, the true canon that Mickey Mouse is uh, a Nazi agent? <laughs> and, we should probably hash this out later. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's an old game. It's on PC eighty eight oh one, released in nineteen eighty nine, and then nineteen ninety four. Emerald Dragon's like an RPG. It's some fucking all sorts of weird shit. Oh, locations based on Zoroastrian mythology. Oh shit, this game looks awesome. It's been been you know we always say this about JRPGs. We always say this, (laughs) and we've been right every single time. (laughs) Ooh, parts was great. (laughs) Ooh, parts led me to the discovery of one of my favorite. Uh, new favorite bands, Jabber Loops. That's a it's a Japanese jazz band with a, with a, with an album named Ooh Parts. All right, that's it for this fucking podcast. Go back to your normal lives. Live well. 
I love you, and until next time, it's not XCOM. It's not SteamWorld Tactics? Heist? Whatever the tactics one of those was. It's Heist. not a Tokyo train station. <laughs> it's not OnlyFans.com that bachelors off. This site wants my photo of my a photo ID and a photo of me holding my ID. I'm not doing that. It's Patreon.com bachelors off. Go there. Go there. It's not guns. It's drugs. <laughs> it's not... It's not Jagged Alliance 2. It's not Felix's specially customized version of Final Fantasy Tactics. It's not a modified Airsoft AK-74R. It's not a private? Look, I couldn't have even done that if my voice wasn't fucked up. It's not a private dancer, a dancer for money. It's not Langrisser 2, featuring art by the Master of Breasts. It's not Shining Force 1, Shining Force 2, Final Fantasy Tactics, Vandal Hearts, Vandal Hearts 2. Um, it's not Valkyria Chronicles. Chronicles, it's not Fire <laughs> Emblem not one. One. it's not Fire Emblem 2, it's, it's not Fire Emblem 3 Houses, that's for it's fucking not, sure. It's not, um, it's not Sakura Tyson. No. It is my laptop fan. It's not Wacken Rotor. <laughs> it's not, it's not on the escalator. It's not La Pucelle, published by The Big Woof, aka La Mastiff Games. It's not Front Mission 5, Scars of the War. I'm gonna it's call not... The Big Woof up on the phone. We're gonna find out how we pronounce that fucking title, let me tell you. It's not Metal Gear Acid. It's not it's Dragon not... Force or Rhapsody.com slash Bachelorsoft. It's, it's not, not it's not Phoenix Command Small Arms Combat System Advanced Rules for Small Arms Combat the P, uh, the RPG supplements. It's not Eternal Eyes for the PlayStation. It's and it's not that Army Men RTS either because that's an RTS. What the fuck? Who would even say that? And as always, it's not Chuck Rock. As always, thank you to Schnabubula for letting us use his incredible song, Playing Super Mario World While Taking Mushrooms, for our theme song. Also, thanks to Bachelor for the amazing cover art that we have. Check him out at Bachelorsoft on Twitter. And thanks to you for listening. I am still working on frickin' uh, my script, so I'm just gonna shut up for a while. Okay, so the categories are crab, sticky, (laughs) homunculus, and funkadelic. (laughs) This week on this next exploration podcast, we're playing Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. (laughs) Cross Crab Sticky. EB Tag. (laughs) So do even Blaze Blue fans, like, uh, get their character? Like Blaze Blue? No, no, no. Do they understand the different games in the system?
do they even get it? Do, do, they, do they know which one is which, casually? Because <laughs> they all have subtitles, they don't have numbers or any sort of real identifiers. It's like, honky, blaze blue honky tonk, and uh, blaze blue, uh, I don't know, uh, look at shelf, look at shelf, dog days. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I use a CRT filter like a jackass, so... <laughs> CRT filters, better than the real thing? Definitely not. But I like them. No, they're not. Not yet. That's what, what my dream Felix said, I think. <laughs> my dark Felix fantasy? Your Dark Felix fantasy was so unbelievably realistic. The only thing missing was uh, Felix insisting that to get the best graphics in this Genesis emulator, you needed to run an unsigned driver. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that technical, I'm afraid. Oh my god, really? Oh, thank you. I just downloaded an app that just says gamer sounds. (laughs) For for the people who aren't beautiful. And this this label, this button is labeled Minecraft. Oh yeah, the experience sound. Mmm. Juicy. I don't know if you need this. That's Minecraft, baby. I feel beautiful for the Give first time in public. In I was walking the streets. Multi kill. Oh shit! All right, I'm gonna stop the recording. Multi kill, ultra kill, hit your thrills. I can't fucking believe that Popeye saved Robert Altman's career. Monster kill.